0: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media podcast network. Go to bigheadsmedia dot com for more great podcasts.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Franchise Tag. I'm your host, Eric, and joined alongside me, as always, technically not joined alongside me, but you're over the phone. Chris is sick, but he's here today to do the show. Chris, how you doing, man?
0: I'm doing all right. I mean, wish I was doing a little bit better. How about you?
1: I'm all right. Uh, it's been a bit of a rough week for me last week in terms of making time to record everything. And I know it's the end of football season, but it doesn't technically end. So there's a lot of news for us to cover. There's a lot of things still going on. Free agency is coming up in just one month from today. And I can tell you right now, this time last year, um, when we were prepping to make our free agency episode, it actually ended up being one of our best episodes to date. I think everyone was tuned into our show. I think that may be one of our most listened to shows. So Getting hyped up for that time of the year again, where new faces on some new teams, and um, definitely excited for that, man.
0: Definitely, always a uh, always a fun time of the year.
1: So I'll tell you this: you're sick with the flu, right? That's what you told me. Yes, I am. When
0: did you get that? Um, so I started getting sick towards the middle to end of last week, and on Saturday I went to the doctor, and uh, they gave me the news. told me I had the flu. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: so I'll tell you this, right? The flu might be one of the worst things to ever have, ever. And you might think of it as just a cold times 10, but I'm telling you, the last time I did uh, get the flu, and that was the one year I didn't get my flu shot. I would get my flu shot every year. One year I did not and I said, you know what? I don't really need to. I don't really want to feel like going out and getting it. I get the flu, Mm -hmm. you wake up, and you just know exactly what it is, and your muscles are hurting. You can't move. It's just one of the worst feelings ever. Your throat is about to explode, and uh, I feel I feel for you, man. I hope you feel better.
0: Thank you, man. I don't know how Michael Jordan played a, a game through this, man. I don't even want to get out of my bed. First <laughs> of all, I don't even know you know
1: if people may think the same way I do about that Jordan flu game, and everyone may think of it as oh, it's a guy you know working hard. He wants to play the game of basketball. He loves it, and he's he's you know helping the team out and doing whatever he can um in in his current health but to me I'm like that's irresponsible you're out there like with the flu and you're guarding people sweating on each other it's like you're just spreading the (laughs) flu out to everyone out there so but uh no but that's just something I always think in the back of my head when I think of the Jordan flu game but um yeah man flu is absolutely awful but um as long as we're good to go we're gonna talk about some football you ready I am ready. Let's do it. So let's start off with some breaking news in the NFL right now. It was actually just released about a minute ago, minute ago, excuse me, right before um, uh, I called you, and it was that Drew Brees is returning for the 2020 NFL season. Um, it was long been said that he wasn't sure what his deci- decision was going to be, and he was going to take some time to make that decision. So a lot of people were a little worried as to if he was going to retire, uh, especially considering over the past couple years, you know, he's been on – the wrong end of things in you know his team and is the is the sole reason why we now have the uh, you can challenge a dpi call and you know and a team like the Saints could be so talented and then fall short to a team like the Vikings this past year and it's like over and over and over they make it so close and there was the Minnesota miracle how can i forget that so it's kind of like you know, every year is the same thing. you put in all that work just to go out in the first or second round, and you make it so close and then it just doesn't happen And a guy at his age who's been proven he is number one in almost every category and everything. and I know he I think it was passing yards this year if I'm not mistaken he he just he reached number one and then last year yeah, I was believe so and last year was touchdowns, right? yes, so. you could you could see if he were to retire right now honestly I don't think anyone would would think twice about it but it's it's a guy you don't want to lead to lead the league because he brings so much to the table but it's like you want him to win another championship which he already has one he doesn't have a league MVP I think he should come back and just try to stat pat in every way possible to get that MVP because he doesn't get the credit he deserves as being um as one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever touch a football so What's your opinion on him coming back um, for the NFL season? Because you're a Saints fan, uh, not you're a Falcons fan, and they're in the same division, obviously. so how, what is that how do you feel about this whole thing?
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, when you have a quarterback of his caliber, if you know he were to leave, retire, I mean that would you know that 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 puts a little bit more light um, on that division, maybe to open it up a little bit. Um I mean, you do never know what you're going to get out of that. There is free agency, you never know. Uh, who could come in and, and take that role or if they'll stay in-house. Uh, but one of the things that I just found so interesting, and I just, I don't, I didn't really understand it, was that they, the media was talking about Taysom Hill taking over and how yeah. he was going to, like, lead them to victory, and they were all on the hype train. And I'm just like, the dude hasn't really played that much at quarterback. Like, he he isn't he does he is talented when he does do what he does, but it's, It's because he's like a utility guy. I feel like it's the element of surprise. Once you know what he's doing, it takes it away a little bit.
1: It doesn't make much sense to me either especially considering the fact that they have Teddy Bridgewater and that Sean Payton was so outspoken about him being the guy next up in line but it, now it, I don't know how the media kind of shifted towards Taysom Hill. I guess people kind of thought that he would be a good fit to take over considering how much he can do on the field but it's like when you're the quarterback you have to be the quarterback. You can't be the flex player that you once were blocking punts and you know uh, going out wide out and catching passes and you know he had a lot more touchdowns and a lot of number one receivers this season uh, up until half Um, halfway into the season. He probably did end it with more touchdowns than a lot of other guys as well. But it's like, I I don't know where that came from, and I don't think they were even necessarily ready for that conversation. And I mean that being the Saints. I don't think they necessarily knew what they wanted to do yet I know they wanted to bring Teddy in but the fact that the media was talking about it in that sense I don't know if they're as confident as Teddy Bridgewater as they think they are and I mean he hasn't lost as their uh, the Saints quarterback when when he started I mean this year he did a great job of holding it down for Drew Brees as soon as he came back and they kind of just went on from there but I'm not sure if Sean Payton is as as much as he seems like he wants to bring Teddy Bridgewater back as their starting guy moving forward I think I think they got to bring a younger guy in. At least that's what I think. I don't know. I like Teddy for the most part, but from all this talk in the media with Taysom Hill being the next guy up, I don't know if that's necessarily the case that he is the next guy. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and uh, I mean both of the guys have some, uh, some media attention. I mean, you have, as I mentioned with Taysom Hill, uh, with that whole situation, and now emerging in the last few days, you have Teddy Bridgewater where, you know, Teams are looking to possibly give him a pretty big deal if if he decides to walk. So both of those guys have been in the the news, and now with uh, Drew coming back, maybe Teddy doesn't leave. Who knows?
1: So I'm taking a look at the actual picture that he posted on his Instagram where he initially announced that he was returning for the 2020 season, and I didn't notice when I was looking at it very briefly, but if you zoom into it right on his Instagram, um, you'll see he has his... Arms spread apart like he's king of the world, and his exact caption is, My feelings about the 2020 season. I look forward to the grind and the journey for the reward at the end. Uh, the reward at the end will be worth it. Love you. Hashtag Houdat Nation. Uh, let's make another run at it. So it seems to me, I feel like at this point in his career, he knows he's making it so close, and I, I, I literally applaud the effort that he's putting into this team and how much he loves um, the Saints organization. But it's like, I honestly, honestly, and in a perfect world, I would love them to make a Super Bowl and actually win a Super Bowl. Again, I was already predicting last year, um, well, not last year, this just past year because it just ended less than a month ago, um, that the Saints and the Ravens will make a Super Bowl just to watch old school versus new school and, you know, seeing Drew Brees hold it down, maybe winning another title. Um, but that didn't come into fruition, so I can definitely see them not making another Super Bowl again this year and he's just gonna have to it's just gonna be the same thing over and over again It's gonna come full circle and it's it's gonna just be him deciding whether to retire or not and then trying to make a comeback I feel like if they do fall short like I'm saying like really really short in terms of like the regular they don't even make it past the regular season or they get to like the first round and they don't even make it past that then or if they don't even get a buy or something like that, then he would definitely consider retirement. But the fact that they're coming close each and every year, I feel like that's the only reason he's coming back. I, I don't see them making it to another Super Bowl next year. There's going to be too much talent, I think, on every other team that just has more fuel in the tank than I think Drew Brees and the Saints do. And I love the Saints, but it, it's hard for me to say that. But I think that's the truth of the matter for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's nothing really is guaranteed in this league. I mean, you could have a team... I know that there's a such thing as a Super Bowl hangover, but you look at a lot of teams. There are some teams that they'll have a great season for one or two years, and then all of a sudden, everything changes, and you know you you never make it back to the playoffs, or you never make it back to the Super Bowl, and you know you never will get that shot. They've had three opportunities in the last three years. Uh, they have made it back to the playoffs. They've tried to move forward, make it to the Super Bowl. They they were not successful in that. Um, but I feel like, yeah, as you mentioned. The team and everybody around them, including the fans, are, are looking at it as, okay, well, they think that there's unfinished business and the Saints are, you know, going to make that playoff run and, and make the Super Bowl. And in reality, it's hard in itself just to make the playoffs. Um, so, I mean, it, it. I believe that, you know, everybody wants to make the playoffs. It's a big thing. Um, but it, it is hard when you haven't had the biggest playoff success. I mean, there has been some controversy surrounding uh, the Saints especially, but... Um, it is going to be an interesting season to see, um, especially since I mean he's not coming out openly and saying it's going to be his last year, but there is a good chance that it is going to be his last year coming up.
1: So this morning at seven a.m., Phil Yates just tweeted. Um, NFL free agency begins one month from today with Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Dak Prescott, Philip Rivers, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, AJ Green, Amari Cooper, Chris Jones, Yanik Ngakwe, Jadavian Clowney, and Shaq Barrett. Amongst those currently scheduled to hit op- the open market. And about eight minutes ago, uh, Michael Thomas on Twitter uh, quote tweeted it and said, erase Drew Brees, please, smiley face. So. Yeah, I, you can tell he's excited for him to come back, considering the year he's having. And we're gonna get the, we're gonna talk about the um, NFL season awards in a little bit, which Michael Thomas was on that list. Um, I'm sure everyone knows by now. We just haven't had the chance to talk about it. But um, anything else you want to add on Drew Brees? We have got a long list of things to talk about today. Glad to see him back. Um, it's just a matter of everything we talked about before. We're just gonna have to see what happens by the time the regular season ends, heading into the playoffs and how far they get.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much all I had to say. Uh, basically, what you kind of just summed up there.
1: All right, welcome back, Drew Brees. So, Phillip Rivers, a quarterback we know that is actually done with his uh, team, which was the Chargers, because he officially moved out. Um, I think he moved to Florida, if I'm not mistaken. Is that what um, the report that came out? Do you know?
0: Um, I'm not 100% sure, but that that's pretty funny if he did. Yeah, but pretty much
1: <laughs> they, they, he moved out, and that was before any of the announcements happened, and he was just, he's just like, yeah, we want to move back closer to home. And everyone was speculating that he was done, and once you move out, you're pretty much done because – uh, why? You know, he's he's been there his whole entire career. So why is he moving out now? So it was kind of uh, yeah. It was kind of already known that that was actually going to happen. So he's done, and a lot of what's been talked about with with Philip Rivers is where is he going to go next? Um, in all honesty, when I was thinking in my head, I'm like, why would he have to go anywhere else? And I know in his career, it's kind of been a lot of ups and a lot of downs. But I feel like you know, with a guy like him who's haven't missed a start or anything like that, that's something you definitely commend for a lot of you know quarterbacks, especially in his draft class, you know, like Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, and then Ben Roethlisberger, who's gotten hurt towards the tail end of his career, but they've all had their successes. And then there's Philip Rivers, who hasn't had, you know, the chance to actually compete for a Super Bowl ring. Um, do you think I, – I, more more signs point to him going to a different team rather than not so i'm just gonna ride with that because in my head i always imagined him like if he was gonna move out and move closer to home and you know spend time with all the kids that he has cause i think he has like nine kids or something like that probably moving on to yeah, 10 within like the next year if because uh he's just gonna keep having more and more kids but it's like i don't know if he's aiming to go to a specific team or he'll be done but uh, again like i said before all signs point to him going to a new team so where do you think he ends up if that's the case
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's really only in my head uh, maybe a couple teams that aren't going to benefit from the draft in terms of you know having an early pick in order to get um, I would say a a starter quarterback um, just out of that draft. I think it would be interesting um, if he were to go somewhere, you know, maybe like the uh, the Raiders or like the uh, the Bears, for example. Um, I mean, the Bears didn't have. An awful season. They didn't have the season they expected, obviously. Um, but I, I don't think that they would have a good enough, you know, they're not going to have a good enough draft to uh, have that opportunity to be able to pick up a quarterback. So uh, I, I could see them. I mean, I know that there's been talks about, you know, trying to get Cam Newton also from them. Uh, so I just, I mean, they're, they've made it known that they're the Bears that they're actively looking for a quarterback uh, to come in. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes it in. Like, you know, maybe pull. Kind of what happened with Tannehill, where Tannehill came into uh, Tennessee and kind of just kind of took over.
1: But I think with Tannehill is kind of a different story. He's not in the late part of his career. He's still fairly young. He was in the he was in the same draft class as Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's still on the top of his game. It's just unfortunate that he had Gase when he was in Miami, and he did end up getting right. hurt. He tore his ACL, and it was kind of it's all she wrote for him but he ended up making you know he won nfl comeback player of the year which we will talk about later as well um yeah. well deserved by him but it's kind of i feel like it's a whole different story with philip rivers because i feel like he does have fuel left in the tank but it's like um i feel like there's a lot more options for a lot of these other teams because again you have tom brady who's a name that's been thrown out there which i don't really think he's going to be moved at all i mean yeah we'll talk I, about,
0: I, I don't either i mean we'll talk <laughs> we'll talk about that a
1: little more but again like you mentioned before like they're looking at a guy like cam new and lo- you know and um And the draft is coming up, too, in a a heavy quarterback quarterback draft class, so it's kind of like, I don't know where Phillip Rivers would be placed, but I don't know if you saw this. Melvin Gordon thinks Phillip Rivers will land in Indianapolis. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I mean, that is an interesting take, and uh, I know towards the end of the season, I do remember hearing, uh, I don't know exactly how accurate it is, I don't remember who came from, uh, but I do remember hearing that the front office was not, you know, thrilled with Jacoby Brissett and they didn't know if he was going to be the long-term option. Um, so that I could definitely see that being a, uh, you know, I'm um, again, Phil is not going to be a long-term option, uh, but maybe if they can't get somebody through the draft, uh, you know, maybe maybe use him for a year and hope, uh, you know, try to get Trevor Lawrence or something, I don't know, in the next couple drafts. I um, honestly think maybe he would fit,
1: fit really well there. I think Trevor Lawrence would fit really well. But I don't know if it's – a good time to wait right now because, honestly, you I, it was a thought in everyone's heads a little while ago that Indianapolis would be in a great spot to win the Super Bowl, especially if the whole Andrew Luck thing didn't happen and he announced his retirement early and it really came out of nowhere and no one was expecting it. But the thing is, their defense wasn't amazing. Their offense really wasn't clicking this year. I mean, in ter- mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't have Andrew Luck. That's one thing. But the other thing is there's a lot of high-powered teams that I guess not a lot of people thought about. But even with Drew, uh, Andrew Luck, I, I don't think – they would have made it as far as people thought, especially considering they didn't use any of their salary cap and they were like number one and they still had a solid team going into this year and they didn't use any of it. And they're still in a great spot right now with their cap, but who knows? I feel like the only money they really spent on their team is making sure Jacoby Brissett gets paid because it was kind of an emergency to keep yeah. the guys that you have in there. And then they signed Brian Hoyer to a, a giant deal as a backup to J- the backup that was, which was Jacoby Brissett. So it's kind of like, we're going to have to see what happens this year. I, I just think they didn't do a great job of spending the money that they did have available to them. You know what I mean? So I don't know if Jacoby Brissett, like you said, I don't. I really don't think he is the long-term option, Jacoby Brissett, obviously. I, I just think right now it's kind of an emergency. I think they were testing the waters this year to see if, if we gave him this money, and it does end up working out. It, it kind of saves our tails a little bit because it's like – the money we gave him wasn't a huge, huge deal like all these other quarterbacks are getting paid and he's not going to be in demand for a lot of money because we could easily get another quarterback. But I think now they're starting to notice that that isn't their guy. But I'm taking a look at the um, 2020 NFL uh, draft order right now. So it starts over with the Bengals like we mentioned before. Um, what's happening here? Are you still on the phone? Yeah. Okay, I don't I don't know why I heard something with Skype. But anyway, uh, let's take a look at the draft order here. After the, the, obviously, the Bengals are number one, so Joe Burrow is going to be taken off the board fairly quickly. The next couple of picks are for teams that don't necessarily need a quarterback. So going down the list all the way to number 13, we have the Indianapolis Colts. And in the mock draft, I don't know who made this. It's just on Bleacher Report. Um, yeah, I don't know who exactly made this. In particular, mock, mock draft, but it has them taking – Uh, Javon Kinlaw defensive line of South Carolina but a lot of people aren't really mentioning if they're a candidate to move up in the draft because it seems to me and as of recently that the Dolphins are now interested in Justin Herbert uh, from Oregon and they may find it um, to be a cause of concern to take a guy like Tua who's coming off that major injury and um, he was injured a lot in college, other than that major hip injury, but in this mock draft also at the sixth pick where the Chargers are. They have Justin Herbert, taking, um, be- Justin Herbert being taken by the Chargers, which I think would be a solid pickup, but I feel like for the Colts, they have a solid chance here moving up um, if they do take it. But, again, I-, I don't know if it's the best option for them to wait or should they attack right now because, obviously, Brissett. it doesn't seem to me they're in full confidence in him right now, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that uh, a lot of teams are going to be, you know, if you're looking for a quarterback, this is a good draft. Obviously, you mentioned there's a lot of guys coming out of this draft that are talented and and they could be a good fit for teams, a lot of options. So, obviously, you want to go all in right now if you need a quarterback because who knows in the next couple of years, you know, it it, it could change no matter what. You know, every year it's a whole different class. You can have a bunch of running backs in one year, bunch of receivers, a bunch of quarterbacks. It really all just depends. Uh, I just – I feel like Tua getting injured, I mean, obviously no one kind of planned for that to happen. It, it was a freak thing. Um, but that kind of like shook up the whole sort of quarterback role with, uh, with the draft because I feel like he would have possibly been that number one overall pick and now, you know, then there were talks that Dolphins were considering taking him and then they were thinking about, you know, that it was a risk so now they don't know what they're doing with him. Um, so, I mean, in my opinion, if, if Tua fully can heal, that could be a steal later on in the draft. Um, maybe, you know, the other Colts wouldn't have to trade up too much for that. Maybe they they go after Tua, um, just work with Brissette for now, handle him with another year, and then, you know, try Tua at the end of the season if he's fully healthy or, you know, move forward with him after this season coming up. Um, I mean, I could see that happening, but. It's uh, it's definitely gonna be interesting to see how they do handle the situation.
1: And it also depends on how the Colts spend their money. You know, if they do end up being solid inside and out without that quarterback position being filled, they can wait, like we mentioned before, for a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who I do think is going to be number one off the board. So they're really gonna to have to do bad the next couple of years in order to get that pick. So even that's a little bit of a risk. So who knows if they do trade up in this draft to try to grab someone like Justin Herbert? But it seems like. The Chargers are in the, um, the driver's seat to try to grab a guy like Justin Herbert, and then, and then who, who knows? Like you mentioned before, if Tua does not end up being taken at five and, say, the Dolphins t- end up taking um, Herbert instead, um, th- this could all come together for the, the Colts if, if that ends up falling on their lap, so we're just going to have to see what happens there, but... Um, so, I saw this on Twitter. The Chargers once had Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, Ladanian Tomlinson, Antonio Gates, Vincent Jackson, Darren Sproles, uh, Sean Merriman, Eric Weddle, and Antonio Cromartie, and they never made a Super Bowl. What would you think about yeah, that? Yeah,
0: I, I have seen that. Um, I mean, also adding on top of that, there was one year, I don't know, it was the earlier 2000s, uh, but they were ranked, I think they had like the number one offense and or defense. I don't remember if it was the both. Um, but, and I don't think they even made the playoffs that year.
1: No, so that, they, they, that had tr- they had they had trouble. Just, uh, yeah, they they couldn't it couldn't come together for them, and it's surprising with all that star power on that team.
0: Yeah, and I mean, um, I mean, I mean, you know, it. it the, not all those guys are under the product of oh they kind of blossomed later on in their careers, like they became a name somewhere else. I mean, Ladanian Tomlinson was a stud there. Philip Rivers earlier on in his career, he was not bad at all. No. Um I mean, you know he's not bad now he's just i feel like he's kind of on his way out he's struggling um i mean vincent jackson was was good with them. antonio Gates was known as probably one of the best tight ends um in the league eric Weddle was was a young guy then um but he just was still retired recently good. yeah yeah um i mean cromarty uh he he was pretty good there. I do remember uh him playing, but he did also perform well on other teams. Uh, so you mean just some of those guys that you named. I mean it's it's definitely I mean and then Drew Brees, but they had the whole injury issue, they were nervous he wasn't gonna return uh, and be the same. But I mean it's it is it is strange that they had some of these guys and they just couldn't put it together.
1: Yeah. And again it could still be an option for a guy like Phillip Rivers to end up um in Las Vegas. Um where they just made their new stadium, new location, they're officially the Las Vegas Raiders. So who knows what will happen, but um here's the big question. And a lot of what I just read to you before in this little mock draft and it could in some of it could be accurate a lot of the times in mock drafts quarterbacks being taken could like at least a couple of the quarterbacks on the list are going to end up ma- making it on the team um that are like are in your mock draft in the first place. So even if you get mm-hmm. it wrong, you're almost right basically. But yeah. the question is, the big quarterback that could be taking one of those spots instead of being drafted, because those teams could be draft back. Uh, I mean, um, you know, trade back in the draft. Tom Brady, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. We don't know where he's going to go. In my honest opinion, And I think he's going to do exactly what he said in his Hulu commercial during the Super Bowl, that. He, I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I honestly think he's going to stay with the Patriots. I honestly think he loves the attention that everyone's giving him right now, especially in the media, just to end up sticking around and taking another discount. And I know a lot of people are saying that he's one. He wants to make money now, but it's kind of like, I, I, at this point in his career, what's the point? I, 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 didn't he say before that he wanted to play till fifty, just so like he's on a successful team? And obviously, right now they're dealing. The Patriots themselves are dealing with a lot of issues in terms of personnel, especially at wide receiver. But it's like. If you're durable enough to play until 50 and rack up some more numbers and possibly win a couple more Super Bowls, which they still can do because their defense is pretty solid. I know they fell off a little bit towards the tail end of the season and ended up giving, um, failing to get that um, first-round buy that they are very close to getting if they just beat um, the Miami Dolphins. But um, the topic of discussion has been every single day, where will Tom Brady go? And the options are like the ch- teams like the Chargers, like I mentioned before, the Raiders um, and the Bears. I honestly don't think he goes to Chicago. I do I could see him going to the Chargers, but the Chargers are, are still saying that their starting options are still guys like, like Terad Taylor, um, or maybe going with Herbert in the draft. Who knows? And then the Raiders, uh, I think that might be his best option. But even then, I still think there's enough consideration with Belichick and, you know, Robert Kraft and the Patriots organization to keep Tom Brady around and probably give him a, some good enough money to, because, again, the, the Patriots are fairly cheap. And I do think that, um, a head coach like Bill Belichick, right now he's not ready to make a different formula to start winning games without the quarterback he's used for the past decade. So I, I don't think he leaves. Where, do, where do, do you think he goes anywhere? Do you think he stays? What do you think of this whole Tom Brady quarterback, you know, new home situation going on here?
0: Yeah, I, I don't think he's going anywhere. I'm kind of – I've kind of gotten over the whole media talking about it all the time. I'm, I'm sure he loves bit.
1: it. I'm sure he loves it.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sure he does. He's eating it up, right? I, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't see it happening. I thought from the start, like, there's absolutely no chance that he's leaving. Um, I mean, I think the only reason that this is becoming as big of a discussion as it actually is now uh, is because of the lack of their offensive capabilities. Their, their receivers, you know, weren't performing too well, that they don't have Gronk anymore. Um, you know, so so, for example, you know, you're looking at those where, a couple years ago, you know, maybe a year or two ago, I'm sure you've heard it. Other people that are listening have probably heard it, where Belichick will just be like, "All right, fine. Like, I'll trade him away. I'll turn like a, a guy at foot walker into an all-pro receiver, and uh, we'll win the Super Bowl." Like, that's just kind of been the the persona of how they're going to perform. Um, and this year they didn't. They had Edelman. They brought in Sanu. Uh, they they brought in Josh Gordon for a little bit. Uh, Philip Dorsett. Like, they, they tried to do it and their guys just weren't doing it Uh, in terms of offensive production. And then Gronk is gone, as I mentioned. I feel like that's why there's all this talk, because their offense just underperformed, and people are under the assumption Brady doesn't want to play there anymore because he doesn't have the help. and He's going to want to go somewhere that he can actually have more offensive help. But I, I don't. I don't buy it.
1: Since when did that become an issue? Because this, the past couple years, he had guys like Chris Hogan, Julian Edelman, and Danny Amendola. That's not the top tier wide receiver wide receiving core in the league. There's much better teams with better wide receivers and now it's become an issue that his wide receiving core is awful like that doesn't make sense like Muhammad Sanu is a capable wide receiver and better than some of the other wide receivers that he's had over the past couple years you know you lose a guy like Josh Gordon but you won the Super Bowl without him because he ended up smoking weed again and he had to take off for a little bit until he came back and when he came back he got hurt they released him he's now on this on the Seahawks and I don't, I don't I think he ended up doing weed again so it's not even like he was in your, he was at your disposal even when he was on your team and Edelman you know he's a reliable target each and every year, and him in the rapport that he has um with Tom Brady is very you know unique in terms of how they win Super Bowls with a seventh round quarterback out of Kent State turned into a wide receiver and it's like I don't think it's gonna be an issue now like like it's it's such a such a brand new issue that he hasn't had before I think he could work with the the wide receivers that he has right now, and I know he has um. You know, some guys coming off, like, their first year and guys that no one's ever heard the names of, um, but, like, like Jacoby Myers and, and what, mm-hmm. and who, who was their title? It was, like, Izzo, and then who was the other guy at wide receiver? I forgot his name. Um, well, they had
0: Nikhil Harry.
1: They had Nikhil Harry, too? Yeah, you're right. So, it's like... But I mean, they weren't he wasn't available all season long and that was the guy everyone was like oh they just added another dope wide receiver these guys are going to be a dynasty for the next couple of years until Tom Brady retires and now the conversation shifted to him probably going to another team it doesn't make much sense to me it doesn't add up i think the media is just kind of using it as a way to get a topic of discussion out there but I genuinely don't think he's leaving it's 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 such a weird part of his career where now you want to start earning money you've been with the same team for the past like 20 years why not just stick around for another year or two you don't have to make it till 50 you know that was your goal but you can work with what you have and still find success you're gonna win that division each and every year still that's not going anywhere and I know some teams are getting better in that division but they're still young you there you guys are experienced on the Patriots and um, Bill Belichick still wants you around Robert Kraft wants you around I feel like the demand is there to stay on the Patriots there's no reason to go to a team like Las Vegas unless they're going to sign you to like what like a two-year 100 million dollar deal that could be possible because they'll probably just toss money at you but it just doesn't make much sense um, from the standpoint of the success that the Patriots have they're not falling off they're not looking to rebuild they're still the same old Patriots that they have been maybe a couple free agents this offseason that they can't bring back because the Patriots are notable for being cheap but it just doesn't make much sense you know what I mean
0: yeah, I, I completely agree. I don't think it's really going to – anything's really going to come of this. I think it's also uh, on top of what I mentioned before and why I think it's being talked about. I also think because, you know, everybody other than Patriots fans, obviously, everybody's kind of in the hope that he's not going to come back. That That's what everyone wants. Uh, so I feel like by them wanting it so much, they just keep talking and talking and talking and thinking, oh, by me saying it, it's going to speak it into existence. and And it's really the other – fans and and analysts just kind of getting their hopes up and uh you know not really using much of uh of anything really i haven't seen much of but many facts regarding why you know he should go somewhere else opposed to uh Staying with the Patriots.
1: I mean, it, again, it only makes sense. I mean, the Raiders, it makes sense if the money is there, but it also makes sense from a career standpoint to go to a team like the Chargers. Cause he's an LA kid. He's not from um, the new England area. A lot of people may think that cause he's been there for so long, but he's from LA. That's where he's from originally. And it's like, they have a better wide receiving core over there. They got a really good defense. They're kind of in win now mode. So it makes sense, but I, I still don't think that's enough. I feel like there's an appeal there. I'm sure he's thought about it at night that, you know, it would be cool to be on the, as a, a Chargers quarterback and possibly win them a title and, and compete for it, but they have the defending Super Bowl champions in that division as well. And the Raiders are also in that same division. So it's kind of like those are the only two teams and more so the Chargers that really makes sense. But, again, I, I, it's hard, I find it hard for me to believe that he'll be in a, in a different uniform uniform um, come next year.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, so another thing that's come out recently and moving on uh, from that is – the Miles Garrett situation has come back once again, and it's not really a situation now because it looks like he met with the league, and now he's reinstated, and that's become official over the past few days. And um, he did an interview uh, where he said that Rudolph did say a racial slur, and this was a topic of discussion when it first happened because there was a lot of yes, I, there was a lot of yes, he did, and no, he did, no, I didn't. You know situations with um, Rudolph and Garrett, but now that's come back again, so I still don't know really know. I don't really know who to believe in this certain scenario, and it honestly doesn't really matter who I do, but it's like it's surprising how a situation that could have gotten Garrett kicked out of the league, he comes back and he sticks his ground and says that Rudolph did say it, which I don't think is going to get him in any more trouble because he's already reinstated, but it's like it's. It's going to be an issue for a guy like Rudolph to make his case that he didn't say it. And then you have their head coach even coming out on first take agreeing to go on with Stephen A. Smith and and those guys there to say that, you know, my guy didn't say that. So it's like it's such an iffy situation right now. And again, they're going to have to verse each other twice a year moving forward. And I don't think Mason Rudolph is going to technically be... A quarterback in this league any further. I know it's harsh to say, but it was kind of tough watching him out there this year in general. And add this as kind of the icing on the cake. What do you think of this whole scenario? Are you on a certain side? What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I really, I can't really pick a side because I feel like I don't really know too much on it. I've I've heard both sides. You know, it is kind of strange that he is reinstated. It's it's not like they're saying, you know, oh, we're gonna. Keep Keep you out another six games, and then he's still going on with his story. He got reinstated; he's able to play, and he's still going on with a story. So, what's strange is, in my opinion, if you were going to use it as more of like a, you know, kind of like a cop out to to get you reinstated, like, all right, fine. I mean, I, I'm not condoning it, but I, I get why you're doing it. And then, you know, you get reinstated, so you drop it. Like that makes sense. But to keep going with it, it, it seems like it's not to get reinstated. It it seems like he's doing this because maybe something was said but I just again I don't I don't know enough of the situation I wasn't there apparently the mics cut out once the ball is snapped that I read uh so maybe they don't have any audio on it It, it's just a strange situation that it's sad that it's going on to be honest
1: but I feel like everyone's mic'd up too it doesn't make much sense to me because even while plays are going on and the plays are over you would see mic'd up things on youtube of guys talking to each other after the play is done so that doesn't make much sense to me but i'll come into miles garrett's defense here okay he was always known as a chill guy he was always a nice guy when he came into the league everyone was like he was well respected he was a phenomenal um lineman when he was in college at texas a&m um he was like he was a topic of discussion when the browns were drafting because it's like they had to rebuild from the bottom up and they don't have a quarterback and everyone's like you have to take miles garrett He's one of the best players in the draft. I know you don't have a quarterback right now, but you need him for the time being. And, and they were like, all right. And they took him. And, you know, looking at him on hard knocks and everything, he doesn't see – like he's an aggressive guy. He wants to put in the work, and he'll make enemies on his team just to make them better and make him better. But when he starts swinging that helmet, everyone kind of flipped the switch and was like, oh, he's looking to kill someone out there. He's, it was like attempted murder, this and that. But it's like – I I more so believe something had to be said for him to flip out like that because it's the end of the game. If you don't remember, it's not the middle of the game. It's the end of the game where nothing really matters. It was like a decided winner already. doesn't matter. So why would you react like that and start swinging helmets? So who really knows? But I I don't think everyone should go out there and start making Miles Garrett an enemy. I think people will make the case that they want to make Mason Rudolph an enemy but who knows he was just out there doing his job too and you know I guess we'll never know what was actually said unless footage ends up coming up in the near future but I I don't think any of these guys should technically be you know on the wrong side of anything because there's not enough proof to really pick a side in a sense because I know like Miles Garrett's a great guy and I'll make that statement over and over and he's a great player Mason Rudolph is you know a guy that had had some issues in the past in term uh, on his Twitter account. I don't know if you remember, but he he said a bunch of things like that maybe not a lot of people agreed with in terms of politics and people in it resurfaced yeah. as he was becoming the starting quarterback in place of Ben Roethlisberger as he was injured. so, I don't know, man. It's a tough spot, and I I don't think this is gonna go into, go away anytime soon because you have these, these guys are very quick to to make their case that they're in the right or they didn't say anything or they didn't or something wasn't said or was said to make them look bad because the second Miles Garrett did that interview, um, Mason Rudolph went on Twitter and said it was a total defamation of his character, and then the whole thing with Mike Tomlin the next day going on first take. So these guys they really think n- neither of them are wrong and i don't think anyone should think either of them are wrong especially people like us who are watching in the third person that don't know who is right and who is wrong in the first place but i honestly do think if this gets worse and worse mason rudolph could end up suing miles My- garrett
0: yeah i did see that that was a uh, possibility that that, that it was discussed uh, i mean i don't i don't know what that's going to do. I don't know how they're going to handle that. If, as you mentioned and, and we've talked about, there's not really much evidence, so I don't know what is going to be used and what's going to be talked about. Um, other than you know maybe he, they, they're just saying like you know he's trying to to bash his image. Uh, maybe that's the only argument that I could see him going with. Uh, but there's no, I don't see much facts. Like the at least the NFL hasn't come out with anything uh, publicly that, that that they might have. Uh, so I don't know where anybody can move forward with any proof that someone said something or not, other than, you know, as I mentioned, maybe Rudolph's just going to go to court and say, you know, he's trying to bash my image. Uh, He's falsely going out and stating things. I I don't know.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I guess we'll never know. I just always wanted to mention it because everyone thought that, I mean, we even talked about it, how long he should be suspended for. And it's almost like a full season, but he was just reinstated without much punishment there. Again, that's another, that's another thing that being said, where they're, wasn't enough evidence to really kick him out of the league, and, and other than other than, and I don't want anyone to freak out on me, that that he swung a helmet at someone. I think that's more than enough to be suspended for a a, a significant amount of time, because you should not be going out there and swinging helmets at people's heads and hurting someone. And who knows could have who could have ended Mason Rudolph's career. Who a couple weeks prior he was out cold on a hit by Earl Thomas. So it's like who who no one knows the state of you know where, where his head is at. So it, yeah. it's it's it was a bit much. I do think. Him just being reinstated, um, I don't know if that technically means he's ready to go out and play, or there or there's a punishment pending. Do you know anything about those details?
0: Yeah, I don't know anything regarding you know exact details, but what I'm assuming is if he's reinstated, I'm assuming they're they're gonna there's nothing holding him back to go out and practice and meet with the team and play. That's what I thought. Uh, you know, come come the uh, the training time.
1: I guess we're gonna have to see what happens if. He's just reinstated with, you know, coming out, you know, hands clean. I I don't know about that one. But um, anyway, we'll, <laughs> I guess we'll monitor this whole situation as as time goes on because both guys are pretty much standing their ground and it's a whole back and forth. And I don't think it's going to end, especially considering they play in the same division, you know. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to talk about the season awards. We didn't get a chance to talk about it last time because I think it was on the list of things to talk about. Um, when we were talking about the Super Bowl, we just decided to go all out and just talk about the Super Bowl the entire time. Um, but getting into the NFL season awards um, that were announced, um, Lamar Jackson, MVP. I think we all knew that. I don't think it was even a topic, oh, yeah. a discussion who was even going to be in that race. A lot of people could make the argument that it was Christian McCaffrey early on in the season, but he, he didn't fall off or, any, or anything. His team just wasn't good. I think the person to come the closest to Lamar Jackson was Russell Wilson, who was having a great yeah. year. Um, but just didn't keep up with the electricity that Lamar Jackson made all year long. And um, it was kind of just all set. All, when all things were said and done, it was, it was Lamar Jackson. Um, coach of the year, John Harbaugh, coach of the Ravens, with Lamar Jackson as a starting quarterback for. What do you think of that?
0: I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a tough decision. I feel like um, I saw some arguments, and I, I'm not, you know, I see their points. I saw some people saying, how could you win coach of the year? You know, they had a winning season last year, and, and they won again this year. Uh, you know, like they made the playoffs. There were some coaches out there that had losing records last year or didn't make the playoffs and kind of turned their team around. Uh, so I did see that argument. I mean, uh, they were the best team, I would say, in the NFL. So like, it makes sense, but I, I, I do see people's arguments as well.
1: And I know it's the regular season and everything like that, but when it's all said and done, and I know there's only one team that can – two teams that can make it to a Super Bowl and one comes out on top, and you could praise everyone on that winning team. But it's like, dude, Andy Andy Reid carried a team that wasn't even in the topic of discussion at first when it came to um, – Who's making the Super Bowl? Again, everyone was talking about the Ravens. Maybe you could have made your argument mm-hmm. that the Chiefs are going to make it there. But a lot of people were on the train for the Titans, too, because they were making some noise earlier on. You know, the Patriots were iffy, especially since they didn't get that first round by, you know, I guess you could make yeah. an argument for, you know, a team. I mean, who who else could it have been in the AFC? There was the Ravens, there was the Titans, there was the the Patriots, and then the Chiefs, right?
0: Yeah, yeah
1: um i don't know if i'm missing anything else on the, in the afc the
0: texans oh yeah the
1: texans earlier on I, but i don't think anyone necessarily thought they were going to make it so far or the bills neither maybe they could have made a run i guess people were more rooting for the bills and the texans but it's like th- the chiefs weren't talked about as much they were always like third place fourth place in terms of people in talks to make it to the super bowl maybe it's just the, the group we're surrounded by or it's other people out there but i didn't hear anything and I guess it started yeah, off I, earlier I in the se- yeah. I guess it started off earlier in the season that like uh, that you know they can make a, a comeback to win again after losing to the Patriots last year, where Patrick Mahomes didn't even get the ball back to try to attempt to make a comeback because of overtime rules and everything like that. But it, then it just kind of quieted down. So I, I think at the end of the day, a guy like Andy Reid should be able to win that award. And not to take anything away from John Harbaugh, he was absolutely phenomenal in changing his game plan for a quarterback who is. Who, who seems to be one dimensional, but really show this year that if he needs to throw, he can throw and he could throw five touchdowns in a game and run for over a hundred yards if he really wants to. And so it's like, if you're able to switch from a guy like J- Joe Flacco, who can sit in the pocket and be known as the traditional quarterback, who is very tall, stands back and, and, and finds an open receiver downfield and, and to, and to turn to a guy who you trade up for, cause not a lot of people ha- had confidence in him or knew what to do with him. And you take that chance and you, you tra- you, Build up a guy like Lamar Jackson to fit into a brand new scheme that you have to make up at this point in your career where it's like you've seen it all, you've won a championship, and now you're starting to make a new run with a young guy who is going to pave the way for a lot of future quarterbacks to have that type of play that we haven't seen since Michael Vick. Or you can make the argument for a couple other people, but Lamar Jackson is now the face of that type of game where he's dual threat and everything like that, and more so hit him running. So it's like you turn to it, you turn from a guy who's known for throwing and has an arm to a guy that has a decent arm but mostly runs so I think that within mm-hmm. itself wins him that award but I guess you can make the case for other guys and I, I'll even mention this I honestly think Mike Tomlin was was doing a very good job at head coach this year and I honestly think he could have won that award maybe if they had a little bit more success and they had been Roethlisberger um but I think what made it so special is that he didn't have Ben Roethlisberger. Like they he had to work with with Duck Hodges, and they had to work with Mason Rudolph and figure out who to who to start and who to bench. And your defense is is has been doing amazing all year. And you make a move to get a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick, who is very young, and you use a, use a first round pick right away just to get him. And he's he's potentially switching. Uh, he's, he's potentially taking the place of that pick that you gave up because he's still very, very young and he was on a team that wasn't successful. And you really didn't get to see much out of him. A guy like TJ Watt, who was in discussion as defensive player of the year, and you were able mm-hmm. to have a positive record. And there's teams like the jets who are supposed to have a phenomenal year this year and end up, you know, maybe competing with the bills and the Patriots to get first place in that division and did absolutely nothing. And they spent money here and there. Whereas the the, the, page, the Pittsburgh Steelers just had to work with what they had at the moment, at the time being. So I think you can even make an argument for a guy like him, but again, it's more of a award for success rate in terms of your record and making it into the playoffs and stuff.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I think two guys that, uh, also, I don't, again, I don't know the exact total uh, in terms of votes that each candidate might have gotten for these, uh, these nominations. Um, and I don't know the order. I don't know who was even in the running, uh, but I know two other guys that were, um, people were considering, you know, just out of people, maybe not the ones who vote, for the, the honors, uh, but they were talking about how Lafleur, Matt Lafleur, came in as a first year coach, took the uh, took the Packers to the playoffs with had a really good record as well. Um, and then the, other people were talking about Kyle Shanahan, where he turned. I mean, I know that there were some injuries on that team last year, which you know they they underperformed in that aspect. Uh, but to say that they didn't even make the playoffs really did nothing, and uh, ended up making the playoffs. And at that point, uh, you know they were in the Super Bowl. They were also arguing uh, he could have been a candidate as well.
1: So according to this article that I just found from the San Diego Union-Tribune um, for the APNFO Coach of the Year voting, this was posted on February 1st, uh, the voting for the 2019 NFL Coach of the Year selected by the Associated Press in the ballot and the balloting by a nationwide panel of the media, John Harbaugh, had 27.5 votes. Kyle Shanahan, 14.5 votes. Matt LaFleur, three votes. He had more votes than Mike Tomlin, who had two. Sean McDermott also had two, um, obviously, for making the playoffs two out of the three years he officially came in. Um, and then mm-hmm. Sean Payton had one. So it was kind of like Andy Reid didn't even make it because a lot of people didn't think they were going to make such a run come the playoff time. And they know Andy Reid is a great coach and a lot of other new coaches out there that are turning franchises around like Kyle Shanahan who over the past few years had to dig through the gutter to get to where he is right now he went through like two win seasons, three win seasons slowly building that team that no one really thought would uh, you know make a running this year and maybe people did maybe people mm-hmm. didn't but a guy like Matt LaFleur who's brand new, brand new to the coaching scene who went from you know, being an assistant coach and everything on the Redskins and, and other places to being a head coach and making this franchise that has a, a successful quarterback who has been successful, but to to make them look even better. And, you know, Sean McDermott, and I could say a lot about, you know, Sean Payton and Sean McDermott as well, but it's like Harbaugh kind of sw- swept that sw- swept that uh, category in terms of voting. Yeah, I mean, also as
0: you were talking about before, what I found interesting was uh, Yeah, I mean, you do have Aaron Rodgers, who is a phenomenal quarterback. Uh, but their receivers, you know, Devontae Adams was hurt for a little while throughout the season. Their receivers were not anything special. And they still went out there and were winning games and, and putting up numbers. Um, I mean, I know we mentioned throughout many podcasts throughout the season, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is not being Aaron Rodgers. He's just getting the job done. Uh, but, you know, it, it produces a win. That's all that matters. And uh, LaFleur was finding ways to win. Uh, so, as you mentioned, no, that is impressive as well. So.
1: As we steamroll steam through this list, Offensive Player of the Year, which was a lot of controversy around uh, the winner here, which was Michael Thomas. And I honestly think mm-hmm. – um, I don't have a problem with him winning it because he had such a phenomenal season because he didn't have Drew Brees all year long and he was putting up numbers at a massive rate. And I think he has the most catches by a wide receiver at his age right now, if I'm not mistaken. If that is that the category?
0: Uh, I believe so.
1: Yeah, so he ends up he ends he up winning. He ended up finishing strong. A lot of people want to make the argument that a guy like Christian McCaffrey should have won that award. What do you think of that?
0: Yeah, I mean, my whole, uh, if if you would say, if I do have an issue with it, I guess you would say my issue with it would be that he did, uh, you know, he had the, the record for the most uh, catches he passed, Marvin Harrison, uh, for most receptions in a season. Um, and, I mean, I did look back and I did see Marvin Harrison's stats his uh, stat line as well when he did get that record. Um, And both of them did not have much yards, like, in terms of... I mean, Michael Thomas had about, like, 1,700-something yards, which is a lot of yards. Um, But in terms of how many receptions they were getting, it was looked at as there have been guys who have had less receptions, who have had almost the same amount of yards or more yards. Um, and, And I'm just looking at it as, you know, his average yards per catch I know it's like everybody's favorite stat to pinpoint on him because he's, he's more of a people say he's a shorter route guy he he doesn't go deep uh he, he just catches um you know basically they're saying you know he catches a ton of balls he gets a lot of looks and that's why he has a lot of yards and his, his numbers are, are amplified because of that um I mean yes and no I I, I think that he I think that he did benefit a lot from getting almost fed the ball, so that that is. I mean, that's that's why you're going to get the record uh, for most receptions. That's how you get it. Um, but I mean, I just feel like I don't know who else would have gotten it. That's the thing. I don't think there were many options. I mean, I know McCaffrey did have a really great season. Um, it, it's just again, I feel like it's more of a success thing, as you mentioned with the head coaching. Uh, so they're gonna they're gonna be more inclined to give it to a guy whose team had more, a lot of success. Um, because it's like, oh, well, they could have contributed more because their team did better um, than to just a guy who, whose team didn't make the playoffs, if you're talking about just McCaffrey.
1: So I'm um, reading now, I don't know what website I'm on right now. It might be Bleacher Report. I don't even know. But Thomas won the award over stiff competition from Baltimore Ravens' QB, Lamar Jackson, and Carolina Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey. Thomas had the slight lead over Jackson with 19 votes. Jackson notched 17 votes. McCaffrey had 12. Russell Wilson and Pat Mahomes both had one. Wow. So I mean, I mean, it was kind of close, but you know, Michael Thomas had just more than enough votes to end up winning. I thought it was gonna, be, I thought it was gonna be much closer than that, but it turns out Lamar Jackson was in the middle of them too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately what ended up kind of solidifying it for him was him getting the the reception record. I think that's ultimately what it was, um, because there have been guys in the league that have put up, as I mentioned, they've put up more yards. Uh, maybe more touchdowns in a season than what he has. Uh, So I I think ultimately it really was impressive with the – with the, the record I think that's really what put him over the top and got him those extra votes in order to solidify that spot
1: could have gone either way for me for either winner but a lot of people want to go out there and argue for Christian McCaffrey's case I think he will end up winning that award sometime in the future I don't think it's going to stop they have a new head coach in there so who knows how much of his workload is going to change but I think his Christian is just going to play his, his game like he's been doing for the past couple of years now and he's going to continue being dominant so defensive player of the year ended up being Stephon Gilmore what do you think of that?
0: Yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, I figured that was coming. I'm. I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, I think he's he's been pretty dominant, but I feel like he. I mean, every player is going to have ups and downs. You can't be perfect every single game. Um, but I, I just feel like there were there were some players that I feel like could have been like they might have been a little bit more overlooked, or uh, there were just some injuries, and I feel like that also had a big factor in in calling that as well. Who do you
1: think should have won that award, in your opinion, then?
0: I mean, I think, honestly, I, I think somebody that should have won it was, uh, I think, the sack leader. I think it was Shaquille Barrett, I believe that's who it was. I think he should have been at least a candidate. Um, I don't know if he was even talked about for it.
1: He might have been. I'm going to look it up uh, right now, but keep going. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm not sure. I would be surprised if he wasn't. Um, but, I mean, in my opinion, Stefan Gilmore is obviously a great corner. Uh, but I feel like he more capitalized on the aspect of that defense being really well, doing really well throughout the season. Uh, so his stats also looked really well. Like you know, as I just mentioned, True Barrett, for example, um, his his team didn't do as well. So I feel like he didn't get that much love. He wasn't getting that much attention. I mean, he did end up leading the league in sacks, but uh, you know, it, it didn't really transfer over because, as I mentioned, their team didn't do as well. Um, I feel like that also could have been part of why Stefan Gilmore won it. I know that there I mean there's always gonna be arguments about these things on social media, regardless of who wins, because there's always gonna be somebody that's not happy or somebody that is happy with it. Um, always, but you know, there were arguments about this as well. So taking
1: a look at the list right now, defensive player of the year, Stephon Gilmore had twelve, Chandler Jones had five, T J Watt had five, Aaron Donald had one, Zadarius Smith had one.
0: Yeah, T.J. Watt was another guy I was I was going to mention um, as a possibility. I'm surprised that Shaquille Barrett. I'm also surprised that Mika Fitzpatrick isn't on there.
1: Yeah, that's very surprising. And I know T.J. Watt has uh, he was doing very solid all year for that defense, and I talked about it before. But I'm gonna look at a different list mm-hmm. to see if it tells me something, a- anything different. Because Shaq Barrett, I think you like you said, I think he sh- probably should have made that list. Um, but I'm I'm gonna double check in here but i definitely like your case for that i could make a case for tj watt but i don't i honestly think stefan gilmore and we talked we have talked about this prior i think with him it wasn't in terms of all the flashy plays a lot of picks you know or a lot of other plays that he could have made i think it's that he was doing his job so well nobody was throwing in his direction i think the only one person that really tested him this year um, just because he he didn't know where else to throw was Andy Dalton because he was throwing to him yeah. that that whole game and it was like you can't make that mistake it's like he does his job so well and covering wide receivers that no one's gonna throw to him so no one really thinks about a guy as flashy as you know he's not that flashy that's is what I'm trying to say and I, I honestly think that when a guy does his job so well no one really thinks about it but people want to have the flashy plays. People want to have the highlights, and I don't think Stephon Gilmore needs to have the highlights to prove why he's won that award.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree. I just feel like it's very uh, – it's, it, it's different, I guess you would say, the way that they handled it this year because the last couple of years, I feel like the defensive players of the year were, were making all these flashy plays, putting up all these crazy stats. Um, and, I mean, you know, he is putting up good stats. Uh, but the aspect of what you just said, where he's not doing anything flashy, he's not really, uh, you know, doing coming out too much with with these these plays and and coming out uh, in in that aspect. I feel like in the past you've had Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, J.J. Watt, like guys like that, for example. Um, you know, they they when you think of those guys, you think of like some of those insane plays they've had, uh, some some big time game-changing plays. You know, Von Miller, for example, also. Um, and I feel like Stefan Gilmore, he's just not, it's a little bit different when you pick him. Like he won, as, he has great stats. he put up a great year, uh, but it was just a little different of a, uh, of a kind of season than the last few defensive players of the year. And I feel like that's why some people are a little bit uh, torn between it.
1: So I'm taking a look at the list once again. I'm taking a look at defensive player of the year. Um, not rookie of the year. I'm looking at defensive player of the year. So here's the actual voting for AP NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Stephon Gilmore at twenty one, Chandler Jones fourteen, TJ Watt ten, Shaq Barrett two. There he is. Um Daniil Hunter one. Tradavius White one and Aaron Donald had one. That's the official voting. I think the voting I was looking at was from other analysts that made their own separate votes. But this is these are the like official okay. votes. So he did make the list. Um, but he got two mm-hmm. votes. He didn't get the so he ended up in fourth place. But what do you think mm-hmm. of Chandler Jones and TJ Watt being ahead of him?
0: I mean I don't know if it's a product of uh I mean in terms of T J. Watt. I don't know if it's a product of him just being on uh, maybe a more popular team and, and also benefiting from I mean, he has great numbers. He's putting up great performances, but I mean his brother's also very known as well. Yeah. Um so I don't know if you know that kind of gave him a little bit of an upper hand just because maybe if you don't follow uh, the Steelers, you, you may be hurting him just because of his brother. Um, but in my opinion, if you're leading the league in sacks and you're, you're doing something like that, you should be considered a little bit more than than maybe like a T.J. Watt or a Chandler Jones, for example. Um, you... I'm pretty sure though Chandler Jones had like a crazy year as well, though in terms of sacks oh, yeah. or pressures or yeah. something like that. It's
1: just that he's on a bad team also.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Offensive Rookie of the Year, another controversial pick here. Kyler Murray ended up leading the charge with, I see, 26,5. Is that 26 and a half? Are you allowed to do half votes? What does that yeah, mean? I'm,
0: I'm, assuming, I'm assuming it's a
1: half. I'm going to assume <laughs> it's a half. I don't know that how that makes much sense. But Kyler Murray had 26 and a half votes. Uh, Josh Jacobs had 13. A.J. Brown snuck in there. Um, not snuck in there. He, he A lot of people can make the case that he deserved it too. But towards the later mm-hmm. uh, later part of the season where – Ryan Tannehill took over. He really started to shine. He had 9.5, and, and then Miles Sanders had one vote. Um, a lot of people think Josh Jacobs should have won. In my personal opinion, I do think Josh Jacobs should have won this award. People can make the argument yeah. that A.J. Brown should have won this award. I think he did absolutely amazing this year. He had over 1,000 receiving yards, if I'm not mistaken. He had the, he did his job. Yes, mm-hmm. He did absolutely great. Um, Kyler Murray, a lot of people were iffy about. I mean, he had an okay year for a rookie, but it's like Was it NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year Award winner type year? What do you think?
0: I don't think it was worthy of uh, the award. I think, as you mentioned, I'm also a believer that Josh Jacobs should have won.
1: I think they saw it as a quarterback award this year. It's like we, well, the only quarterback on this list, we got to give it to him. It doesn't make much sense yeah. to me because last year a guy like Saquon won it, and he's a different caliber mm-hmm. type guy because he was selected in the first round very high. While in contrast, you have Josh Jacobs, who was selected very high but also very low, and I mean that in terms of like he was one of the last picks in the first round, and he was he was solid all season. It's just that he got hurt, so I, I still don't think that warrants him. Not winning the award, the fact that Kyler Murray was just available that made him win the award. I can't really tell you what's going on in, the, in these people's minds that they wanted to wanted Kyler Murray to win so bad, and that AJ Brown didn't get as many votes as I thought he would get because a lot of them went to Kyler Murray, man.
0: Uh huh. <sighs> yeah, I, just, I don't know. I just I'm, I don't I think wasn't he too happy it. about it.
1: Yeah, I don't feel too good about it either. I definitely think a guy like Josh Jacobs should have won it because he was he was so great all year round. Um, if people want to make the case about Kyler Murray, sure, but it didn't feel like the award belonged to him. You know, it it doesn't feel right.
0: No, not at all. I mean, there are, there were a couple of years, uh, maybe things this year where I feel like people have won certain, like perfect example, as you mentioned, uh, when you started off with this, this segment and you talked about Lamar Jackson winning MVP and you're like, you knew that was happening. There, there are awards, exactly, and, and that's what happens, where you go, okay, I'm not surprised that they won it. You know, they deserved it. And and that's not the feeling that, you know, we're describing right now that we got out of this. Um, and I, I just feel like, yeah, Josh Jacobs, I feel like he kind of got, um, I mean, they, they none of them benefited from being on a good team and, and getting more exposure in that aspect. They both were not on uh, great teams during the year, so there's been... No bias in that sense. Well, a lot I of the rookies like, aren't going to be on
1: a good team because they're selected so high for the bad teams. You know what I mean?
0: Exactly. So, so you take that exposure out of it uh, of that possible bias. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it was just because you know Kyler Murray was so talked about going into the season, and and he's the like one of the quarterbacks that you know had, had all this exposure going into the draft, coming out of the draft. Is he going to go to the MLB? Is he going to play in the NFL? And, and I feel like you know that kind of they talked about that so much. Um, And they they kind of wanted him to win it in the sense of that, you know, if that makes sense.
1: So defensive rookie of the year was Nick Bosa. What do you think of that?
0: Uh, Yeah, I think he should have been.
1: Uh, yeah. You want to know why? Because taking a look at the votes, Nick Bosa, 43 votes, Max Crosby, 4, Devin Bush, 2, Josh Allen, 1. And uh, Josh Allen at one point did have the exact numbers Nick Bosa did, I think, towards the beginning of the season. But Nick Bosa just kept going off and he makes it all the way to the Super Bowl and he ends up getting that award as a number two pick in that draft um, where Kyler Murray was the number one pick. So both rookies... Yeah. Um, as a one and two pick that end up winning, uh, offensive and defensive rookie of the year, can't argue with Nick Bosa. He was absolutely phenomenal this year, and I think he's just gonna have he's gonna continue having a phenomenal a phenomenal career moving forward. So, comeback player of the year, Ryan Tannehill. What do you think of that?
0: Well, what, what's really funny is everybody is saying like, "What did he come back from?" <laughs>
1: He came back from being in an awful situation. And again, he did come back from being like tearing his ACL and everything. That's not easy to come yeah, back from either. And he, I don't, it wasn't his choice to necessarily go to Tennessee. It was kind of like, I want to be on an NFL roster. And if I'm the backup, maybe I can earn my way in. And he did. And he ends up beating a team like the Patriots and the Ravens, who everyone thought was going to make a strong run after their first round bye to get into the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And Titans come out of nowhere. And people were actually hopping on that bandwagon to try to see if the Titans can make a Super Bowl run now too. And so I think he came back from a lot. And and in terms of making a career – making – like people thought he – you know, because Russell Wilson got taken in the third round of that draft and he's a Super Bowl champion and he was, you know, overlooked as a quarterback. And then Tannehill, who was in everyone's book as, you know, when he was drafted as the traditional quarterback he should have. You know, a tall guy, sits in the pocket, could run if you want him to, but and he's going to find an Mm -hmm. open receiver. And that and you know, he ends up getting hurt and he's on an awful, awful team where he probably couldn't have gone nowhere there and you finally give him a chance on a great team and talk about Mike Rabrel being making a phenomenal call and a risky call to sit the Marcus Mariota who's supposed to be the franchise guy and you move forward to Ryan Tannehill, who's possibly going to be paid to be their starting quarterback this coming this off season. So um there's a lot to be said that what he's come back from, but um it was definitely a close to the finish line, but do you think he's deserving of the award? Do you think someone else should have won it?
0: I I mean, it's, it is a tough award. I guess I would have to think about it. You said you have the votes in front of you. I do. You want to hear it? Y- yeah.
1: Ryan Tannehill finished with 16 votes. I didn't know this part. Jimmy Garoppolo finished with 15 votes. Wow. Darren Waller, 8 votes. Travis Frederick, Six votes, Teddy Bridgewater one vote, Carson Wentz one vote, Dalvin Cook one vote, Richard Sherman one vote, Cooper Cup one vote.
0: I mean, I guess I see the argument for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo because, as you mentioned, you know he, he he fell under the category last year when he told his ACL and it's not easy to come back from. Um, yeah, I guess. Wow, I didn't even think of Dalvin Cook, but yeah, he had a really good year and, and he didn't. He didn't really get many votes at all, so that that's surprising too. I don't know. I I'm surprised he I has can't... one
1: vote because he came back from tearing his ACL non-contact, which is the worst way to tear your ACL, and being one of the most dominant running backs in the league. So,
0: yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, to I guess you would say I, I was I was surprised when I saw Tannehill. I mean. Again, as I mentioned right, a couple minutes ago, I wasn't—I didn't really put much thought into this award. I wasn't really going, "Oh, if this person doesn't win, like no, it's no. rigged." But I—I didn't—I wasn't really caring. Um, but you know, once I hear some of the the guys that you mentioned that did get votes, I could see why some people are angry and people would have wanted maybe Garoppolo or or some other guys. I, I could understand that.
1: So I wasn't going to mention this one because it's you know these are all the other major awards but this is also very important in terms of being in the NFL and everything like that. I was just going to skip over it because I wanted to talk about the major ones and maybe some controversy. But this one was kind of um you know there was it was not even close. So there was uh, NFL assistant coach of the year. And I want to read this list because I know you're not going to you're going to be shocked by who is on it. Um Greg Roman uh he he was he's on the Ravens. Um he's there he's mm-hmm. there um Assistant Coach was he the de- he's their defensive coordinator right? Uh, I believe so. Uh, I'm gonna double check on that. I'm gonna fact check on that. I know Greg Roman. He's very he's phenomenal as a coach, but he won the uh, assistant coach. So let me see. Um, he is their offensive coordinator. Excuse me. I thought there was he was their defensive. Oh, coordinator. I think I, mean, I think Martindale. Oh yeah. Martindale. Martin, was, yeah, Martin Dale. Martindale. Yeah, Martindale. Yeah, because he's also on the list, and I'm like, isn't he on there as well? So I guess I got them confused. But he ended up winning with 41 votes, so by a landslide. Um, Robert Saleh had three. Don Martindale had two. Steve Spagnolo had one. Mike Patin had one. Who would you guess would be next to get one vote?
0: An assistant?
1: Uh yeah. And an assistant uh, coach of the year could be an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, or special teams, you know, special teams guy. Hmm. And I kind of gave it away when I said that. He is now a head coach.
0: He's now a head coach? He is
1: now a head coach.
0: Don't tell me it's the Giants' new head coach.
1: Yes, it is. It's Joe Judge. He had one vote (laughs) as NFL Assistant Coach of the Year. If that doesn't tell you something, then I hope it it tells me something because he is now the Giants head coach he brings in Jason Garrett he's he's got all the tools at his disposal and you mentioned in our group chat before that they have a really easy schedule and now we have a guy with one vote who could have won NFL assistant coach of the year <laughs> or actually not even could have because Greg Wollman had 41 but so he was very short of winning but he got one vote that should that counts for something that's on his resume
0: oh man that that's funny <laughs> He got a vote, man. I love it. That's I'm, that's really funny. I mean, I just he was a good yeah, special figured, teams
1: coach. He was good.
0: Yeah, I mean, I figured you know, I, I figured that the Ravens coaches were going to be on there. I knew that was coming, and I knew with oh, yeah. the Forty ers defensive coordinator. I mean, there were there were talks. Like he he did amazing too. Oh, that's funny.
1: Oh yeah yeah, <laughs> very very funny. But at the same time, you have to think about it in a serious sense because it's like. He's he's jumping from special teams coordinator, right to head coach, and who else did that in their career, and is now successful as head coach?
0: Was it Belichick?
1: No, he ended up they winning coach of the year this year, and that was John Harbaugh. He uh, was he was a special teams coordinator his whole career, and then he jumped straight uh, to head coach, I, and he ended up winning a Super Bowl, and he's probably he could end up winning one in the next couple of years. So it's like. But, but, there's 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 a strong chance there, you know, it's history it's it's in the history as something that has happened, but we're going to have to see with Joe Judge.
0: We will have to see. I mean there I don't know, we it, it's an interesting time to be a Giants fan, that's what I could
1: say. 100%. So we're just going to have to see what happens <laughs> there. I'm, I I could tell you, I'm very excited. And and what's going to be more hilarious is that if Jason Garrett does well, no one's going to bat an eye. But if he does awful, everyone's just going to toss him under the bus.
0: Oh, yeah. no, I can totally see that happening. I mean, he's – I think he was a good play caller. I just don't think he was a good coach, like head coach.
1: I think so, too. But you can make the case for that for a lot of people. We're just, we're just going to have to see. So now is the point in the show. We're just going to do a little bit of house cleaning before we wrap up. So i got a lot of things written down here still. We'll just go through and see where we get to. But the Lions have discussed trading their cornerback, Darius Slay, with multiple teams. Uh, Adam Schefter says Slay has one more year left on his contract, so any team making a deal would have to satisfy Detroit and Darius Slay. Um, What I think about the scenario here is that Darius Slay wants to get paid by the Lions directly, and I don't think they're willing to make that commitment. Um, And, you know, their head coach, Matt Patricia, he's a defensive guy. Um, but I'm not sure his way of thinking in terms of being a coach right now because he hasn't really had the tools to be successful. And he, this, if if all goes wrong this year, they may even get rid of him right away because he hasn't really done too too well. Um, you know, making you know play calls and everything, and trying to actually compete. And yeah. and they're in a tough division, so maybe they'll give him the benefit again and, and fulfill his his whole deal that he has with them. But for Darius Slay. I think it's in his best interest to try to get traded and go somewhere else that he might get paid at because he's too talented to not be winning in Detroit. So it's kind of like a free Darius Slay thing. And I know a lot of Lions fans want to sign him, and I'm sure they're very angry that the Lions don't want to sign him either. But is it worth getting all that money for a guy that's not going to even move the needle a bit? Because you have the Bears, who are always going to be slightly better than you, and I think the Lions could be a lot better than them. Um, who who ended up finishing in third place? Was it the Bears or the Lions? Uh, I'm gonna take it a look. had to be the Bears. I'm gonna take a look here. Yeah, I think it had to be the Bears, right? Um, yeah, the
0: Lions had like three wins. The Bears didn't only have three wins. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. So I, I think that that was the case. I can't think about it on the top of my head, but um, that's that's what I'm saying. I think the Bears are always gonna be slightly slightly better just on that defense alone. Um, the Vikings are making a push for the Super Bowl every year and. You know, There's a lot of topics of discussion with that team that you can make. And then the Green Bay Packers, who are always in discussion to make a Super Bowl. So it's like you have two teams in discussions to make a Super Bowl or at least competing for a Super Bowl. Another team that's just wanting to get a playoff spot and another one that's just absolutely awful. And you're expecting that team to pay Darius Slay all that money to stick around for the ride of winning two games or three games for the next whatever, how many years he would sign. So I think it's in his best interest to try to get traded out of there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I haven't really thought much of it where he could land because this is relatively new news. Um, I mean, I don't think he's even come out and really had any preferences either. A lot of times that's kind of how the media starts pulling out teams. They, they start pulling out, you know, maybe they grew up somewhere or they, they have a house somewhere or something. Uh, yeah. I haven't heard much of anything. Nothing so I don't, from I don't even like, know if there's any leads.
1: The only thing I know is that he wants to get signed by the Lions and get that deal from them, but I, I just don't I don't see it happening. I don't even know. Where do you think he could end up? Who needs a cor- uh, corner right now? Probably the Eagles I mean, or the Broncos. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah, those, the Eagles. Those
0: two, because, because the Broncos, Chris Harris, is, uh, he's probably not going to go back there. So that's what I'm saying. The Broncos could definitely use help there. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I mean, maybe, Xavier Rhodes is not looking too hot. Maybe the Vikings try to get him. Yeah, but they got that big um,
1: contract too. So why are you gonna move on from a guy already on a big contract and get give this guy a whole new contract that still have to pay Xavier Rhodes? Doesn't make much sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't know. Maybe uh, there's definitely a few teams. I just we'll know within the next week or two for sure. There's gonna be some leads by the next. Next few podcasts, we're gonna have uh, we'll know for sure where he's gonna be. Uh, you know, getting ready to head because, as you mentioned at the start of the show, we're, we're exactly a month away from uh, from free agency. So,
1: so yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to see what happens. Honestly, a guy like Darius Slay, um, since it's only been his it's been his only team so far, I, yeah. I really think him getting out of there and trying to compete for. Um, a playoff spot or a title somewhere it would be his best option because we look at a guy like Patrick Peterson where he was looking to make a move to leave Arizona and he's still there and it's like almost like talent wasted because you have a guy like Tyron Matthew he does get hurt and he does leave the team that did draft him and he does have a prove it year with the Texans but he goes to a competitive team on the Chiefs and wins a Super Bowl you want to see guys like that um, go out there like DBs and just and just give their all for a team that is probably going to find success but in Detroit I don't think that's happening
0: no i don't I don't see it happening maybe not uh for a couple of years at least um so yeah, if he is trying to you know get something. Whether it be at least a playoff run, yeah, it's. it's I don't think it's happening in Detroit. I'm so,
1: sure. so another cornerback that um, is looking to find a new home this offseason is Texans. Is uh, sorry, I read this wrong. Is Vernon Hargraves. He was just released by the uh, <laughs> Texans, and he was form- He was on. Uh, he was the Bucks' first round pick, um, and now the mm-hmm. Texans are saving nine point five million dollars in cap space. Um, again, he was released by. The Bucks for by Bruce Arians, who was an absolute savage because he wasn't hustling on a play. Talk about old school coach mentality, but I guess I respect it. He goes to the Texans, and I guess it was kind of a temporary home until he finds a permanent one. Um, he's still a very talented cornerback, and there's a lot of teams looking for some corners. I don't think you can have enough corners in the NFL. You got to have some good ones on your team in order to win. Um, so he's looking to go to a new team. New team. I think the. I think more likely than not. Um, the Eagles are going to try to make a move for Hargraves more than Darius Slay I think a team yeah. with uh, a lot of cap space is going to have to make a move for Darius Slay I, I don't think we're, uh, Vernon Hargraves I think the Eagles are in the hot seat to to give Vernon Hargraves an amount of money that they think better suits him rather than how much will suit Slay you know what I mean
0: Oh yeah. I mean Hargraves is still uh he's still on the younger side. What was he? Like a twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen first round pick? Yeah, not too long ago. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so so he's he's a little bit younger than Slay. Um, not much, but you know, a little bit younger. And uh he really has I don't Hargraves isn't bad. I mean he's nothing I wouldn't say he's an elite or a great corner, but I he's definitely worth getting he's going to find a team it's going to happen
1: it's going to happen it's just a matter of who and how much money he gets um if a team is looking to go cheap I say go with Hargraves and then maybe he'll demand money in the future but whoever goes and gets Hargraves you're in the driver's seat to give him as much money as you would like to give him and then for Darius Slay if you're looking to break the bank on him it's got to be a team that could somehow move people and make space to get a cornerback in there but we're just going to have to see what happens um yeah So the Washington Redskins, and this is going to be the Washington Redskins 20 minutes here, uh, but uh, the Washington (laughs) Redskins, they have uh, released Josh Norman, who they signed to a big deal not too long ago, actually a couple years ago, after moving on from the Carolina Panthers after losing the Super Bowl. So he went out and got his money. Um, But they end up saving $12.5 million in cap room by moving on from Norman. And I I mentioned it to our group chat and you as well that with um, I don't think Ron Rivera is too fond of Josh Norman, and on top of that, I, they do need to make some more room in their in their cap space. So I think as soon as they brought him in, I think he already knew it was going to be a wrap for him in terms of staying on the Redskins. And he actually might be happy about being released from the Redskins because I think he's he's also looking to go to a contender. So that's another corner looking to find a home this offseason. Talk and just talking about all we've spoken about so far. Um this is going to be uh just a huge show of who can get a corner into their into into their team um in terms of how much money they're going to give give these guys or who needs to make that move as quickly as possible and it's just sad to see that every single time there is a free agent I'm like the Eagles are just going to jump on that but <laughs> and, I, and I think the same thing here yeah. but but who knows where do you think he goes and what do you think of letting him go in the first place
0: Well I mean in terms of letting him go I I feel like it was needed. I, I mean, he really became an all pro, became made a name for himself in Carolina. They made it to the Super Bowl, didn't win. He ends up leaving and makes his money. Uh, but he since then he's basically done nothing. He's really has been. I haven't heard much of him. He's really been kind of non-existent in the media, in in any big name categories. Uh, so I, I feel like this also could be good for him. Um, not just because, you know, maybe he can go out and win a championship, uh, but also because I feel like for his image, if he is still able to perform at that elite level, I I feel like he does need that change of scenery, and another team is going to be able to uh, help that out. I mean, I I also agree with you. I think the Eagles are another team. They're going to need some secondary help. Um, I mean, I feel like most teams in the NFC East, to be honest, need secondary help. Um. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. I can't. I don't think he. It would be interesting if he went back with the Panthers. I don't. I don't see it happening. No, that's so. not
1: happening. He's going to. He's going to a winning team. I oh
0: don't think, yeah. I, I don't think he so, cares I how mean, much he gets
1: paid anymore. He he got his money from Washington.
0: Oh yeah. So I mean, there's there's a couple teams. I mean, maybe uh, maybe the Texans are a possibility. Um, I don't know. I mean, the the Chiefs definitely do have some some holes they have to fill. Uh, they did win the Super Bowl, but they do still have some, some holes. and you know Maybe a corner is a possibility that they can go out and get. Um, I know that their cap space, I don't know I don't think it's too great. I don't know um, if you heard about this
1: they, either, but did you know, and this is kind of off topic a little bit, But we're going to be talking about the, the Redskins even more, but it costs mm-hmm. more to attend a D.C. Defenders game than it did a Redskins game.
0: I, I did see that. That was funny.
1: And the D.C. Defenders <laughs> are an XFL team for people that don't know and they haven't been keeping up with it, but... That is that is a little sad. Definitely a little sad. Especially since a lot more well, they're not filling up that stadium. So it's kind of like I guess they're just trying to give tickets away for the most part. So but definitely a fun thing to think about. But um the Redskins, not only did they release Josh Norman, but they also released wide receiver Paul Richardson. And I don't know if you know this. How much do you think his contract is currently worth, Paul Richardson, before he got cut?
0: It's it's it's
1: it's ridiculous. His contract.
0: I don't know, like $12 million.
1: Not even close. He spent just two seasons in Washington after signing a five-year, $40 million deal in 2018.
0: $40 million? Five
1: years, $40 million. I didn't even know that was his contract.
0: I didn't know that either. Why did they give him that?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I guess for longevity, and it sounds like a lot of money altogether. But how much is that a year?
0: 40 million. You said five for 40? That's eight million a year. No, you said five years. For, yeah, eight million. Five years for 40.
1: That's still a lot of money if you were trying to help that panned out.
0: Oh, yeah. And then, you know what else? I mean, this. I don't think this is going to come up in. Uh, you might not be speaking about this, but it's not going to be a free agency news. But something that's absolutely insane more on the Redskins is that Jordan Reed is still in concussion protocol.
1: Yeah, since August.
0: That's ridiculous. He has to retire. That's how you continue.
1: That's what I was gonna talk about in a second. So moving on from Paul Richardson, that's a that that's a given, especially considering that contract. That's absolutely ridiculous. That was only two years ago. So he's already racked yeah. up 16 million from that contract. Um, the Redskins have moved on from them to, from those two, but Jordan Reed could very well be next. Like you mentioned before, he's still in the concussion protocol, which is awful. But they can't move on from him until he's out of the protocol. So but they're so they're but they're expected to get rid of him. Um, they would save 8.5 million dollars in cap by moving on. They are one of the three teams interested in signing Greg Olson. And if you guys like notice, like I mentioned before, and if you're keeping up with all these head coaching hires, Ron Rivera was the previous coach of the, the Carolina Panthers just this season before getting fired in the middle of the season. And Greg Olson, he last played for... The Carolina Panthers so it's like maybe there could be a reunion there it's impossible not to like Greg Olson he's out here calling XFL games in the meantime so I'm sure if that's not yeah. the plan to be signed by an NFL team i sure, I think the Bills are interested and so are the Seahawks um, but I think yeah. him going back to being with Rivera maybe that can benefit him who knows but he's has he has like 10 backup plans ready to go if that doesn't work out what do you think of him uh, being a potential candidate to reunite with Ron Rivera in Washington
0: yeah I mean They seem to have no problem with each other. There was never any issues, you know, opposite of what was going on with Norman and Ron Rivera. So, I mean, I I don't see why not. And if Jordan Reed is still in this concussion protocol, probably going to be done, um, why not bring him in? I mean, they don't – and they had, uh, what was it, Vernon Davis, but he's done. So, they definitely do need a tight end. It would make sense. Did
1: you see that clip of Vernon Davis on ESPN talking about his retirement and that he was going to be in a movie? And they were just like, oh, uh, give give us a line. Show us your acting skills. And he just started sobbing, like fake sobbing.
0: Yeah, yeah, I did see that.
1: <laughs> that was the cringiest <laughs> thing I may have ever seen.
0: I At first, I just saw the video, and I didn't know why it was being used. And I saw it because everyone was posting it. And I was just like, what is this? And then I looked it up. And I found out what it was, but out of context, it just looked—it was even more strange. Yeah, looking at it and not knowing why why he was doing it, and then I was just like, "What is happening
1: right now?" They <laughs> said give—they said to give him a line, but instead he just started crying. I'm like, "Why does everyone think yeah, that's acting? The fact that you could cry—that just goes to show you that he probably can't act, because everyone thinks <laughs> yeah. that acting is knowing how to be emotional and crying. That's that's like such a cliche thing to think about." Um, but breaking news. <laughs> Uh, right here on the franchise tag podcast. If you're listening to this, this will be uh, the, the date today is January 18th. It is around 1:23 p.m. The Eagles are releasing veteran linebacker Nigel Bradham, who just informed who was just informed of the Philadelphia's decision. Um, Another notable cut with more ahead in the next month. Um, that was according to Adam Schefter, and uh, that's what's going on with the Eagles right now.
0: I don't know why they keep cutting defensive players because their defense is not good.
1: It's like addition by I subtraction guess, in terms of like them trying to free up space for a corner because I think they're looking to break the bank on a corner. I don't think they're looking to draft
0: one. Yeah, that is true. But I feel like, you know, you know what else? I, I know I mentioned this um, maybe in person. I don't, I don't know if I mentioned it over the podcast now. They had Andrew Sandejo at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And, and the, just let, let him, him
1: go. Let him go back to his other team. Which was the Vikings? Yeah, I don't know.
0: Like their their secondary was the that's what was known as their worst part of their team, and they let a pretty solid safety just walk. Yeah, I don't I don't (laughs) get it.
1: The 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 Eagles are weird, man. Like it's weird every (laughs) single every single person that's released are like, oh, here comes the Eagles, you know. Like, they were, every player you could probably think of that was let go in the middle of the year or let or, let, or put on waivers or cut, they, they were always under discussion of getting them. And like, especially at the trade deadline, the Eagles are absolutely all over the place. But it's like, I'd rather have a team that does that than a team like the Giants who don't even seem to have interest, interest in anyone, you know? Like, at least the Eagles yeah, are trying to make moves.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, and, and yeah, it's really funny because yeah, that the Eagles are trying to make moves. There, there's a couple teams like the Seahawks made some, some big moves. Uh, but it, it's just really funny because yeah, there are teams like you know like the Giants where it, it seems like they don't even know what the trade deadline is. Like they just, they just never participate. They don't. They don't really seem to care. Oh, but when they um, do,
1: when they do, they get an edge rusher like Leonard Williams for a third and a fifth to the other New York team, which has never been done, and he's looking to get. <laughs> 15 mil a year or whatever number he wants yeah we've we met yeah I'd re, that's ridiculous <laughs>
0: I just I don't know I mean it's what I find interesting um, i guess go somewhat off topic really quick is there are two guys um, that, that the Falcons one guy the Falcons definitely moved on from and that's Vic Beasley I don't know uh, if you, you heard about that yes um we about that one last that time, they were, too, but
1: that, now that's a, no.
0: Yeah. And then the second one is that they were talking about possibly getting rid of Freeman. Now, the reason I bring this up now, talking about the trade deadline, is Beasley, they tried to trade, no one wanted him. So I'm not even going to talk about him. But Freeman, the Lions had reached out to the Falcons, saying that they wanted Freeman and they were trying to reach a deal, and then ultimately, obviously, it didn't end up happening. And then going into the offseason, you're telling me that they're looking to trade him? Or they're looking to just let him walk? Why didn't they just trade him? I don't like, know. I you got to get know. something out of him. Like He's not a bad player, so I don't know. If, if you knew you weren't going to move forward with him, just trade him. The, li- the Lions
1: wanted to pick him up, and they didn't end up making that move.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I hate the Lions, because they're also the team that decided... Let's not give the Falcons a draft pick to trade up. Let's just draft a tight end instead.
1: Yeah, I think they have a personal vendetta against the Falcons.
0: I don't get it. Whatever.
1: You guys someone you guys had someone you really needed and end up going for a
0: tight end instead of I know. Like I, I just I don't I don't like them right Who now. Who was it Oliver? <laughs> yeah, I wanted Ed Oliver really bad. <laughs>
1: Didn't happen. And,
0: and they said and they said, No, we, we like your trade, but no, we're just gonna draft tj
1: Hawkinson, who was on injured reserve for more than half the season (laughs) but thanks for your offer appreciate it (laughs) (laughs) even though our head coach is defensive minded that was our first ever video on our instagram was talking about why a defensive head coach (laughs) was taking a tight end when ed oliver is still on the board makes no sense to me that just shows he's probably not pulling the strings um no not at all another thing i'm looking at right now according to bleacher report gridiron Um, Antonio Brown is not ruling out a a potential Raiders return. Antonio Brown says he talked to John Gruden recently and would consider returning to the silver and black, especially if they end up signing Tom Brady. The team cut Antonio Brown... Uh, the season uh, the season amid a relentless string of controversy as we all know which is still ongoing to this very day and uh, <laughs> including a shouting match with GM Mike Mayock. So I think John Gruden might be a big fan of that cuz he had his back the entire time. He was trying to keep him cool up until the regular season and hoping to use him to his at his disposal. That didn't happen. Um and then Mike Mayock was very quick to get rid of him. So I'm not sure if he's going to be a huge fan of trying to bring him back. Tom Brady, if he does end up signing there, which we spoke earlier at the beginning of this podcast, that he probably won't. Um, and it'll actually be a, it'll be a huge shocker if he does. But I think Tom Brady will even do a, a pretty great job of trying to tell Mike Mayock to bring Antonio Brown back. So there's a, there's a strong possibility here if Tom Brady does end up going to the Las Vegas Raiders that they get Antonio Brown back.
0: I mean, I think at this point, Antonio Brown's just looking to go somewhere. I mean, he he did also apologize to Ben and the Steelers as well uh, when we were on this topic. So, I mean, he, he is, and, and we did see the whole, basically him begging to get brought back to the Patriots throughout the season. We did see that as well. Um, I, I mean, it's just, I think at this point he just kind of, he thought that it was going to, everyone was going to kind of like overlook it and uh he was going to be signed because of his talent and i feel like you know that, that that's not happening so it's like now he's kind of he's like okay i i maybe need to fix this whether it's him talking or his agent i don't know but
1: well his agent left him
0: oh that's right so now it's just him talking
1: <laughs> so we that's right. he has and no he, control he of what he's enough. doing now he, he he said he'll come back when he when he gets the help he needs
0: yeah i mean i It's going to be hard because he's obviously a very talented player, but the right team is going to need to bring him on because you do know what he's capable of. I mean, positive and negative, you know what he's capable of. So it's just one of those things that, you know, if you looked back a couple years ago and and somebody said, oh, Antonio Brown's a free agent and no one's signing him, you'd be like, why? Like, what is going on with the world? Are people crazy? But, you know, with everything that he's gone through, it's just – with the, these legal issues and, and Facebook liveing and Instagram streaming of, with cops. And it's just, he's got thing. music
1: coming out. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it's a whole thing. It's, it's
0: just a strange, it's been like not even a full year and it, he's done so much. Yeah. It's, it's, inc- it's incredible.
1: So speaking of you know the whole Tom Brady going to Las Vegas and potentially having Antonio Brown coming back, um, Tom Brady's free agency decision could slow the quarterback market this offseason. One veteran scout says uh, Tom Brady is viewed as the quote-unquote prize of the class. Others like Phillip Rivers, Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis, and Jameis Winston uh, might be forced to wait for Tom Brady to sign before they can make any move with any team.
0: I mean, I wouldn't wait. I don't think he's going anywhere, but I understand the, the reasoning, but I, I wouldn't wait. I really I personally don't think he's going to any other team and I think he's starting.
1: Yeah. Um so speaking of Jameis Winston, by the way, and that's a perfect segue talking about this. I you know what I'm going to say. You, yeah, I yes, I am. Jameis Winston recently underwent LASIK surgery to repair his vision. Uh, the procedure reshapes the cornea to enable light entering the eye to pro- to properly focus onto the um, the retina for clear vision. For clearer vision, Winston squinting raised questions in the past on if his vision is 100. percent Questions. He was thrown to the other team all year. <laughs> What? What did he have? The same amount of touchdowns as interceptions? That's what he ended up having. What? Like thirty and thirty or something? It
0: was. Yeah. It was. It was. Yeah. That. That's what it was. Thirty for thirty.
1: And uh, <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, I'm hoping my vision gets better here." I'm like, "I think we know your vision's awful. You're tossing to the other team all game long." That was one of the most funny news I've heard all year. Honestly, the Buccaneers have made my year in terms of, of news coming out because there was the whole thing that it's an ongoing joke with us. Um, about O.J. Howard not catching, not making hating any catches, kids. <laughs> hating kids because he was donating a hundred bucks every single reception he had all year, and there was games where he had zero. So he
0: <laughs> there were many games where oh, he had man. zero. <laughs> yeah,
1: a lot of games where he had zero. A lot of games where he had six, but that that would, that comes out to like six hundred dollars. <laughs> oh man, that was it's hilarious, man. What'd you think when, when that? First, what'd you think when that came out?
0: When I first saw that, I was actually a work and I wasn't on my phone at the moment, and I'm sitting at work at my desk, and all of a sudden, in the background, I just hear, yo, guys, guess what? James has got eye surgery because he can't see He through all those pics, and that's how I heard it.
1: Yeah, like, yeah.
0: So I just, I was like, no way. So then I went on my phone, and I was looking at it, and you can imagine the amount of memes and videos and all, oh, there were a tonne. So that also made it just that much better. But now
1: that I think about it, he did squint a lot. Like, there was a lot of pictures of all him the squinting time. when he threw the ball. So clearly oh, he can't see. I don't think that was ever a topic of discussion whether or not he could <laughs> see or not because clearly he can't. So we'll have to see what happens this year. They're probably going to give him the franchise tag in Tampa. But there's a lot of reports that came out, and not reports, but especially in in, when he was talking to the media, and I'm talking about Bruce Arians, where he he said he can win with this team, whether who we have Jameis or someone else at quarterback. So everyone was thinking like, oh, what are they gonna do here? They don't have to sign him right away, but they could tag him. And now that he has LASIK surgery, maybe that'll help him. Who knows?
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, maybe he'll he'll realize that his team doesn't wear you know like blue or or yellow. (laughs) He'll realize what color uniforms they wear
1: yeah so uh this is the last thing i have on here but i have a couple other things to talk about and we'll wrap it up because we've gone on for a while right. uh five teams with the fewest cap commitments for 2020 so a lot of teams that can break the bank on a lot of players this offseason number one is the buccaneers 125.4 million dollars the dolphins are at 139.8 million dollars the bills that are at 140.9 million dollars and this is music to my ears right here. Number four, the New York Giants are at $143 million. Uh, and the Cowboys are at number five with $150.9 million. I'm sure Dak is loving that number because he wants to get paid. He could, enter, he could be an unrestricted free agent if he doesn't end up signing. Um, I don't think he wants to be tagged, so that's something we should be able to monitor. What do you think of these teams in the top five of having the least amount of commitments uh, for 2020 in terms of their cap room?
0: Well what's interesting um, and you know, we mentioned it briefly, is that the Giants do have one of the easier schedules going into next year, And ultimately, in that same situation, teams of the same division are going to have similar opponents, meaning the Cowboys as well have one of the easier schedules in um, this season. So you know, if they could, they could pay some of these guys, there are some guys that have, they have mentioned that want to get paid, uh, so they could pay some of those guys, maybe bring in a couple free agents uh, to build around that team. Uh, maybe they could be a little bit scared. You know, same thing with the Giants. They, they have new coaching, um, a, a new newer quarterback with a newer running back. With uh, you know you have a uh, you have Darius Slayton for example as a receiver who kind of came out of nowhere. Um, so a lot of young talent on that team. The Bills another younger team um, who who made the playoffs this year. So maybe they'll go out and try to maybe fix some of their holes by picking up some players in free agency. Uh, just those guys for example. I mean. Those three teams, I think, specifically are in pretty good boats. Um, the Dolphins, it's going to take a little bit more. Um, I, I think just a little bit more than just picking up guys. Uh, what was that other team that you mentioned? Um,
1: here, what, what were the teams you, had, you mentioned? I, I, hold on. So, I, yeah,
0: I was going to say, you had you had the Giants. Yeah, the Giants um, were fourth the on the Bills, list.
1: The, uh, the, the Cowboys. The Cowboys were fifth most. Yeah. Um, Fourth was the Giants, Bills, I think Bills were the number three. And then Okay. Two, um I had it I had it on me, but I, I think I just deleted it because I was just taking things off of the, the list, but uh it was the
0: Dolphins. Okay, and then and I think there was one more.
1: There was one more. Which is that oh Buccaneers.
0: That's it. Okay, yeah, I forgot. Um and yeah, I mean they, they had a a little bit disappointing of a season, uh obviously and what they wanted, but they still have some talent on that team as well. Uh, so I feel like most of those guys, most of those teams are in pretty good situations. I mean, uh, minus the Dolphins, I think it's going to take a little bit more, as I mentioned. But the rest of those teams, I, I think that uh, I think they can get some some improvements with having a lot of that money available, uh, and then maybe it'll produce going into next season.
1: Yeah, so we're going to have to wait and see. Um, I was going to mention something else that was going on in the NFL, but I totally forgot. Um, so I guess we're gonna have to wait till next time it's gonna come to me as soon as I hit the stop button I'm telling you right now but to wrap this whole show up here we don't have to go too long on it Um, so the last thing we technically released was our interview with Jake Payne uh, defensive lineman for the St. Louis BattleHawks of the XFL if you guys don't know um, we do have the interview up on YouTube and on our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify wherever you can find um, this podcast franchise tag you'll be able to see it or listen to it, but uh, the XFL is officially going on right now. I think we we just finished up uh, week two of the XFL. It's doing well so far. Um, What are your takeaways from the first week and the second week, and do you think it's going to last?
0: See, I think that the the unique rules that they have is what really makes fans want to watch. Because in my opinion, the AAF, as nice as it was to watch, it was very similar to the NFL, and people – uh, we're looking at it as, okay, it's basically the NFL, just they're not as good. So it, it, it's just not, you know, the talent is just off. Um, so people kind of stopped watching it after a little while because there was not much reason to watch it. Uh, where, where the XFL, as I mentioned, you know, they have different unique ways of doing things. Uh, so it's not just like the NFL. I mean, yes, the, the, the quarterback talent in particular is not, um, you know, amazing on some of the teams. I know that that's been voiced. Uh, many times through a lot of people that are, are not fond of the league. Uh, I've been reading, you know, pros and cons, some stories from a lot of people. Uh, I think overall I like the league. I think it's exciting. Um, I think that the overall just, you know, having the, the thought of guys that want to make it to the NFL, guys already were in the NFL, uh, changing up the atmosphere in terms of, you know, the extra points instead of just making a, a kick as an extra point. Uh, you know, you have the opportunity to make the game. It's a nine-point game, and it could be a one-possession game. I like that. You know the kickoff rules, the the clock, the way it works within two minutes, um, and how without outside of two minutes, how you know it'll be running most of the time. How it speeds up the game a little bit. I I like the overall. Uh, I like the league. I, I hope it lasts. Um, I think what is going to be, big, I think what's going to be difficult is there's not as many as much action in terms of the games this week. There were a lot of times where going into halftime, you saw scores that were in the single digits. So there's not. As much action, um, but that could also be a result of, as I mentioned, some people are skeptic on the uh, the quarterback play. So that could also be part
1: of it. I mean, I did see a lot of quarterback changes, but that doesn't it doesn't mean it's not as exciting. And I, honestly, i'm I'm gonna say something right here, and this is in defense of not only the XFL, but a lot of other leagues because I was also hoping the AF was going to last, but it was also a question from the beginning all the way towards the very end until it folded that they weren't going to make money because they didn't have a source of income um, from that sense like I know they can make we can make money from fans but bringing in money to pay your players that was a big question mark but the NFL actually has money to pay their players even though it's not a significant amount of money these guys want to play and give give a second chance or at least find another way to play football because listen like, from what I've heard, the quarterbacks are making four times more money than the players, so that means the players are making absolutely nothing. So you can tell these guys are trying to play football and get a second chance at making it to the NFL, or maybe not even making it to the NFL in the first place. They just want to play football somewhere and get paid for it because they love the game so much. So how can you knock a league or, or the players in the league for watching watching it um, and, and thinking it's a waste of time when these guys, there's these guys that are – every single play aren't taking plays off. And not to say the NFL was doing something like that, but these are guys that they don't have millions in their pocket to be safe and play for. You know what I mean? So I don't think you can really knock their hustle by playing in the XFL. And it's absolutely entertaining to watch because these guys all have something to play for. They all have something to prove. And they want to just improve themselves as players. So it's like even though these guys are like – Maybe people that are exiled from the NFL maybe won't even make an NFL roster again. It's just nice to see another league and maybe people don't want to watch football after the NFL ends because it takes so much out of them watching 16 weeks. But watching another 10 weeks of football in a brand new league that could potentially last and it doesn't even matter if it it lasts entirely, I just I just mean like, do we think this is good? They're actually not going to fold mid-season. They're actually going to make it to ten weeks. I personally think it has the legs to do so. Um, a lot of the uh, anou- like the announcers, are bi- like sound big-time. You know, they actually actually sounds like g- it's like genuine football. It's not the old XFL where they are trying to compete with the NFL and pretty much say F you to them, or it's like the AAF where they're trying to secure their money from the NFLPA, which they could not do. The XFL is kind of its own separate thing, and it's not competing with anyone. It's just putting up genuine football for people to watch and I, I honestly think this could be a good outlet for players in college that maybe if they do get drafted if they end up going undrafted if they can't if they don't have an opportunity to make it into um, in, into the NFL and actually you know they don't want to, you don't want to wait on a practice squad and get paid the amount of money you could be getting paid if, if you're actually out there on the field um, getting the experience that you need to potentially sign an NFL contract in the future and we spoke about this with Jake in our, in, in our um, interview with him. That a lot of players uh, do end up getting the eyeballs that they need to get an NFL contract and get on a practice squad. Because when the AAF folded, all these players were getting signed left and right to practice squads. And that that even though that's considered a failure for the AF, it was a, it was a success for a lot of players. And maybe you can't really last on a practice squad roster, and you could get cut within the next two days even after signing that contract. But it does say something. And if the XFL does end up, you know, continuing to succeed. I think these guys have bright futures ahead of them. And talking to a guy like Jake, there's a lot. And if you guys were to listen to that interview, and and I'm just going to give you a little preview here, make sure to go check that out first and foremost if you want to hear the full thing, is that Jake has a phenomenal story – to building up to at this point in his career and we're talking like he was jumping around different leagues arena football leagues indoor football leagues and the Canadian football league and then the AAF and then going into the XFL it's like these guys are hopping all over the place trying to just improve themselves overall J- Jake said in that interview and again you can go check that out if you want is that his goal isn't to make it to the NFL it's to see how great of a quarterback uh, not quarterback sorry how great of an of a, a football player he can be and that's what his mindset is day in and day out and who wouldn't want to watch players like that you know what I mean
0: yeah I mean that's that's the thing I feel like sometimes some of the uh, NFL players you, know, I mean, you get the appreciation for the game I, I think I did mention this also to Jake the appreciation of the game sometimes gets downplayed because they get the money or the fame and and sometimes they forget about how important you know just going out there and playing football is to some people because they take it for granted, because they've had it for so long. Uh, but to see these guys go out there and basically give it their all and have the raw emotions of these guys that maybe want to make it to the NFL, and if they don't want to make it to the NFL, they're just excited to be where they are because they finally feel like they they are a success because they've made it to a pro league uh, and are able to play the game they love. It's just, it's it's an awesome experience to watch, in my opinion.
1: And it varies from guys who are undrafted or who had experience in the NFL and they were actually starting and something went wrong during their path and they needed to find another way to play in a football league. Like Marquette, I want Marquette King, at one point in his career was considered one of the better punters in the league. And now he's playing in the XFL, which isn't anything bad. He's just looking for some playing time somewhere. And he believes in the XFL. And then you have guys like Jake, who we've spoken to, who came from a D three school, not like 99% of those players who are in D three, aren't going to see a professional football field. Um, let, let alone, um, you know go any farther than your college career you know what I mean so it's like watching all these guys and all the different backgrounds and seeing how well they can play and I know the quarterback play is something to note in the XFL but it's like people are still trying to find their footing you know you have guys like PJ Walker and Cardell Jones who are absolute studs as of right now two weeks into the XFL we're gonna have to see moving forward how well they do later on and by the way I would love to interview a guy like PJ Walker but I think he's He's probably up there in terms of uh, one of the better better talents in the XFL, so maybe even harder to get a hold of him. But he's from Elizabeth, New Jersey, and I go to yeah. a school in that area, and so I think that would be a lot of fun to talk to him um, if we do ever try to get him on. Um, but like I said before, these guys from come from humble beginnings. PJ Walker is like five eleven, and there's and guys like that. There's not many, and I know there's. Um, a big trend going on in the NFL right now with guys like, you know, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, who just won Offensive Rookie of the Year, that could make some noise at the height they're at. So it's like, you know, there there's stories to be said here, and I'm excited to see where their 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 whole career goes following that. But that aside, the XFL itself, what do you think... Of these sideline reporters going up to these players after making a great play or not making a play and making an awful play or something that happened out there that could make them very angry for the remainder of the game and and automatically interviewing them immediately after something happens, what do you think of that aspect?
0: I think it's hilarious and I love it. I think it's so funny that you could just go out there and throw a really crucial pick and within minutes you have a reporter – so, you just threw a pick. How does that make you feel? What Two do you, what seconds do you, how you after the coming
1: game? off the field, his helmet's not even <laughs> off, and you're asking him these questions. It's so, so
0: funny. <laughs> I, I think it's... I honestly think it's hilarious. Some um, of it is
1: very cringy though, bro.
0: Oh, no, definitely. But I feel like the... Uh, I feel like the reason, because they're also, you know, in the locker room, they'll do it as well at half uh, and stuff. But I feel like... For the players, for majority of them, I feel like they they you know it might get a, a little annoying or a little repetitive after a while, but the whole point of most of these guys is to make it to the NFL or to return to the NFL. So if you're getting constant exposure, they might like that because you know. That means that teams are gonna constantly be seeing them. Well if here's the positive. Well there's a big a big
1: issue with that going on right now with Matt McGloin of the New York Guardians. I don't know if you saw that over the past weekend, but he threw his whole yeah. team under the bus and he was mic'd up the whole entire time talking to his coach, you know, at halftime saying they have to switch up the whole entire game plan before heading into the live. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. That could come back to bite you if you're not using it properly. And we're talking about a guy like Matt McGloin who's been in the NFL and he's had experience in the NFL and he hasn't played that many games in the NFL, but he hasn't played also hasn't played football in like four years, and he comes around and his second game after coming off a big win and he was considered one of, you know, I think it was like what was the XFL player of the week or offensive player of the week or something like that. He was in that discussion yeah. and going af- from after that to being shut out and throwing your whole team under the bus. I think having sideline reporters in your face or mi- be- having a microphone on you at all times, that's always turned on. I don't think that may. I think this is a case right-, right now that's going on early that that may not always benefit you.
0: No, it will not, and that's why at the end I said, you know, as, as long as it's for good, so, you know, if you get a good pick or you block a kick or you make a good throw, like, obviously having that constant exposure, if there are NFL scouts, for example, and that is someone's goal is to make it to the NFL, and these scouts are watching, if you keep making plays, you're you're going to constantly be getting interviewed, they're constantly going to be talking about you, you will be recognized. Um, so I feel like, you know, it could be a positive in that aspect, but you also highlighted how it could be a negative, and uh, it definitely has shown um a couple times throughout the last two weeks
1: it's just so funny how after if even if a kicker you know they're not even kicking that much out there because the extra points are obviously from the five you do a one ten you do two and then and then what is it like the 15? You can go for a three-point conversion, so it's not even like the kickers out there kicking extra points and field goals that often. But once they miss, and the fact that they can come, the silent reporter goes up to them. It's like what happened on that miss? It's like <laughs> what do you expect them to say? They don't even have two seconds to breathe. And then um, I don't know if you saw that, but I think it was Nelson Spruce. I think he is on the Wildcats, if I'm not mistaken. Hopefully I'm not wrong. I'm gonna double check on that. But he caught a touchdown pass um, this past weekend. I think it was from Josh Johnson. Um, so I think, yeah, he's on the Los Angeles Wildcats. He caught a, like a, like a, a bomb from Josh Johnson. And then after scoring, the silent reporter comes up to him and I think he's still on the field. And it's like, what'd you see out there? And then, and then he's like, uh, uh, I was open touchdown. <laughs> like you get answers like that if you do that, but. Um, honestly, I give credit to those sideline reporters because you got to go through those cringy moments and maybe you can strike some gold in those moments, but there's times like that. And then there's the cringy times with Matt McGloin and Nelson Spruce in the good and the bad that, uh, that kind of suck, but the XFL is doing it different. And honestly, have you been keeping up as much as I have? I've been watching pretty much almost every game. I think I've only missed one, which was that Wildcats game that I had to catch up on later on.
0: Yeah, uh, the first weekend was a little uh, back and forth because I had some, some work and stuff to get done. Uh, but this past weekend, since you know I had the flu, I had a lot of open time, so just kind of sat down, and basically watched every game. And uh, yeah, I mean, they, I I really like them, and, and the whole sideline thing is funny. Um, I think it's also funny, uh, you know, when they do reports. So it's not always like they're just standing there. Sometimes they are literally sitting next to them on the bench. Yeah. So they just make themselves comfortable and just sit down. They're like, yeah, how's it going? Yeah,
1: sometimes I feel like at that moment, once they're sitting on the bench, you can get some answers. But it's like immediately coming off the field. It's like, what's going on? Oh, Oh. yeah. Um, So that's going to do it for me. I'm going to continue watching the XFL, like we mentioned before, we're covering it. And I'm also considering, if you are down to do it, an XFL show where we talk about just the, yeah. the four games every every uh, Saturday and Sunday and just discuss what we've been seeing. And, again, this this is very generic to us right now. It's the inaugural season mm-hmm. of the XFL in 2020, so everything we say um, is can't be too bad because the XFL hasn't been on too long. And from what we're seeing, we're starting to enjoy it. If we do an Xf- in a separate XFL show, uh, I think that could be pretty solid. And maybe I haven't put any financial investments down on any of the XFL games, but the fact that they're embracing that they actually put – like the odds up on the screen and on the scoreboard. Oh yeah. I think that's absolutely hilarious too. It's 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 so fun. Um and if we want to do a point system and start picking games for the XFL since I think it's even more fun cuz we have no idea who's going to win and maybe you know one good team uh out of all of them, but I think that'd be fun too. I think we could we should do something like that.
0: Yeah, definitely. It Sounds like a good idea.
1: Awesome. All right. So that's going to wrap up the show here. And how is it that even when you're not here, this show ends up being somehow two hours and there's no games going on right now in the NFL. It makes absolutely no sense. (laughs) I
0: don't know. I don't know. We just, we just have a lot to talk about. We do. uh, You know, we have a few topics today. We had a lot of topics to talk about. Sometimes, There's a few topics, but we just have a lot to say about those topics. And believe
1: me, if the podcast connoisseurs enjoy two-hour podcasts, and since we're not Joe Rogan, nobody likes two-hour podcasts, I would sit here for about another hour and maybe even more talking about football. I absolutely love it. So um, at least uh, we're talking long enough about something we like to talk about. So to wrap the show up here... Um, you could find our podcast, obviously, if you're listening to it right now, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever else you stream podcasts, any other podcast app, we should be up on there. If you want to look at our YouTube channel, we upload um occasionally our episodes i don't think it's been consistent as of late again we have chris over the phone he's not here with me right now so it's not gonna be fun to just sit here with a camera on and lights on me while (laughs) you're over the phone and not with me here and actually giving genuine reactions in person i would just not the way i vibe with it but if you want to check out full podcasts and podcast clips make sure you go to our youtube page which is franchise tag podcast you can find it up on there um also on Twitter and Instagram, you could follow us uh, for clips and updates on uh, some new episodes um, at Franchise Tag Pod. So make sure to follow us on there if you support the show. We really appreciate it. Make sure to leave a rating or review if you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts. And that's going to do it for us today. Chris, thank you for joining me over the phone today. Hope you feel better. I know the flu absolutely sucks. Hope to get you back up here um, in the studio to talk some more football as news rolls around within the next upcoming weeks, especially with free agency coming around.
0: Definitely. And uh, yeah, thank you. Hopefully, next week uh, I'll be all set to go and we'll be back in person shooting live.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, man. So I appreciate you guys for listening. Take care. We'll see you next time.